you lot. You're listening to Garage Hammer, episode 78. On tonight's episode, the fat man Link tries to tell everybody about the fancy campaign he wrote. But actually, he's little more than a thief picking stuff from all over the place. So let's see what he whittled together and trying to pass off as something original. Uh, now shut it! I'm listening to me show! Welcome to the garage, you tools. We're going to make several promises for the next three hours or thereabouts. Two and a half to three hours. We're going to do the best we can to keep you informed, entertained, and perhaps have a laugh or two along the way. Bringing you tournament prep, campaign play, and everything in between. I'm Chris Yu. Hello, I'm the doctor. Who? I'm exactly. (laughs) (laughs) I gotcha. Knock, knock. Who's there? The doctor. Doctor who? Exactly. I see. So, you <laughs> second to realize that that was <laughs> that I wasn't supposed to deliver that. Actually, play. the best one is knock knock. Who's there? Doorbell repairman. Doorbell repairman. Who? Really? Huh? Knock knock. Who's there? Doorbell repairman. Doorbell repairman. Who? It. <laughs> there's no need to respond to that one. That's the whole punchline. I'm knocking because the doorbell's broken. Okay, forget it. Amazing. <laughs> Outstanding. <laughs> okay, we're not going to start the new knock-knock joke segment. Let's just get that yes, right out yes. of the show. That Moving was right a- along. <laughs> I'm not very good at humor. I never have been. You know who that is knocking? Our sponsors. Oh. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. <laughs> Unique Gifts and Games in Grays Lake, Illinois. Cool Mini or Nuts, Dark Age. Mirrors Miniatures, GuildTaining.com. Square Shooters Game. And Battle Foam, protecting your... Army. There you go. <laughs> what the heck? So what's up, partner? Not much. How's it going with you? I'm hanging in there, surviving. I'm, s- I'm still sore from yesterday. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Taking that beating. <laughs> I was limping. Our, our VC versus High Elf game. Oh, man. That I was... knew I was... You know what? I won the last couple against you. I was knew I was due for a shellacking. Oh, I, I finally broke my losing streak against you. <laughs> yes. But you, you know did. what it is? We didn't play on the air. That's why I won. <laughs> I'm going to have microphones just set up when no, we play, no, no, whether no. we actually air it or not. If we record it, I just can... have microphones around. <laughs> yeah. it, you know, it might be a home territory advantage because we played at my place last time. And oh, every time right. we play here, I lose. Well, not every time. I mean, you've, well, had, a, you've had a. There's yeah. been a streak of like five games where the I've la- lost. Here. The, yeah, the last four games, I've won three here. Yeah, but uh, yeah, go to your house and. I think it's a home territory uh, yeah, type thing. Go on foreign soil. I took a beating. Yeah. So we'll we'll talk about that game in a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, hey, guess what? What's up? We got a shout-out. We do. Tell me about a shout-out. A shout-out from a new listener, Robert Hensel. Um, here, uh, give you the copy. Why don't you... Uh, why don't you I'll start re- us off. Yeah, go for it. Okay, he says, Hey, guys, I'm fairly new to the podcast community and recently decided to listen to one while at work. I always I do that, too, as opposed to listening to music. Featuring my favorite hobby, Warhammer Fantasy. That's when I came across your show and decided to give it a try. Two weeks later, I'm through... 14 episodes and enjoying every minute of it. That's an episode a day. I'm curious if he started from the beginning or if he's been listening to recent episodes. Because if he's listening from the beginning, I apologize because those first <laughs> 20 episodes were brutal. <laughs> I remember your, your initial intros, like, start up that gyrocopter. And, oh, my you know, God. I like, <laughs> Dude, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Was we good. weren't it's, trying anything. It's good to see like the, the genesis of the show, though. But the beauty of it is that there weren't that many... Warhammer podcast out at the time. I think Podhammer and maybe well, there was Podhammer, Poinhammer, Helen. Yeah, yeah. I mean the the ones we all know, uh, mm-hmm. Wadcast, but there weren't that many, so people didn't have as many choices. So I, right. we, Christopher and I had. 
I mean, that was like the first like six or seven months of the shows. They weren't bad, but they yeah. weren't great. Yeah. Um, now you don't have seven months to get good. If you, you, you <laughs> well, there's, there's so many podcasts out exactly. there, right? And if you don't get good quick, people just do. I mean, there's there's better they, choices. They bypass. So yeah. we were lucky. <laughs> so, yeah. but fourteen in oh, two weeks—that's one a day. That's crazy. That's almost as much as I'm watching Breaking Bad. But we'll get to that yeah, later. <laughs> we won't get to that. Well, he's hopefully don't doing some good work while he's listening to that many episodes. There you go. So, what else does he have to say? He says, "I really appreciate Chris and Dave's perceptions." Opinions, reviews, and all-out enthusiasm, enthusiasm for the game. Not to mention Dave's love for dwarves, one of my favorite armies. Oof. We could still be friends, Robert. <laughs> I have found that it helps keep me tied into the hobby. It helps me feel more up-to-date on current events and happenings as I live out in a uh, county near Three Rivers, Michigan, which is a small town 25 minutes south of Kalamazoo. There are no GW stores anywhere near here for hours, and the closest local gaming store who actually sells GW products is 45 minutes away in Elkhart, Indiana. Oof. And since I live out in rural Michigan, finding opponents is pretty hard-pressed. And so with that, if you know anyone near my area at all who would like to play some Warhammer Fantasy, please send them my way. I would really appreciate it. I can also relate to Harrison as my oldest daughter loves playing uh, Warhammer 2. She's 12 and loves her orcs and goblins. Hey, My youngest daughter is interested in dark elves. It's oh. kind of fun because every time I get a package in the mail, she always asks, are those my dark elves? It's great to share this hobby experience with your kids. Not only Now if only my wife would take interest. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Robert continues, sorry for such a long shout-out, but just wanted to let you guys know you've got a fan here in Michigan, and I'm looking forward to the next show. Robert Hensel, Constantine, Michigan. We have a lot of people who listen who are in Michigan. So, guys, if you are near there, you know, get, send me some info, and I could either get it to Robert or, uh, Robert, join on the forums and post in your intro, hey, I'm the guy from the shout-out who, you know, or mm-hmm. in the show notes, join the forums, go to the show notes for episode 78, or not the show notes, the... Uh, Show thread the show for episode thread, yeah. seventy-eight. Plant your flag, so to speak, so exactly. we know, so people know where to find you. You know the uh, the Schwantz, Brad and Andrea are in Michigan. I wonder if they're close by. Uh, I have no idea where. I mean, he's south of Kalamazoo. I don't know where that is. Uh, I don't know where that. No, I don't either. So, yeah, once you get outside of Chicago, I'm pretty much not certain. All I know is in Michigan, they watch a lot of Maury and a lot of cheaters. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't. Anyway, uh, well, what are you going to do? Keep it on target. Exactly. Oh, hey, by the way, did you know if if someone wanted to reach us, they don't only have to send us email. We have voicemail. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We have voicemail. <laughs> Tell me more. Well, if you just call us up at one seven five seven GH show six. That's one seven five seven GH show six. Call up and leave us a voicemail. Tell us about your upcoming tournaments. Tell us about what you're doing in the hobby. Uh, if we've said something horribly mistakenly wrong, let us know. Feel free to correct us. Yeah. Drop challenges to other clubs, Drop. to other people. Yeah, dude, call up and talk smack about the neighboring club. And if they're listening, then they'll call and talk smack about you, and it'll be a fun little back and forth. Or give us some knock-knock jokes. Or, no, don't do that. <laughs> Mine are bad enough. <laughs> that, this is true. Uh, so, yeah, uh, we don't have any voicemails this week, but I just want to throw it out there that... The voicemail lines are open, and we're waiting for your call. You've got to give the master engineer something to do, so please do send some voicemails in. <laughs> that's right. Right, David? He answers the phone. He that's does, right. right? Well, it's his... I mean, I don't know that he answers every call. I think that's pre-recorded. But ah. So are you sitting there recording while he does that voice? What? <laughs> Is he sitting by the mic while you're recording? Uh, I, careful, careful. I don't, I'm not sure, I don't, understand, the, I don't understand the question, <laughs> but that's Okay. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. All right, listen. Um, <laughs> we're through the basics. Uh, when we come back, 
We're going to take a break, come back with some news and rumors, and uh, going to have Grant on for a few minutes to talk about something special he's doing. Cool. Okay. All right. Ryan Steele, creative director of Dark Age Games and editor-in-chief of Ravage Magazine U.S., wants the Garage Hammer fans to head on over to CoolMiniOrNots.com and find some of the best games and miniature artistry assets the industry has to offer. From professional painting DVDs, art supplies, and a variety of amazing miniatures, from an assortment of different companies, whether you're adding to your own army or starting up a new game like Dark Age, Cool Mini or Not has what you need. And we are joined by a special guest, the handsome man, Grant Fetter. I'm not HMGF. that special. Oh, sure you are. HMGF? Nah, it doesn't, doesn't roll off the tongue. But it, <laughs> but it is. It's the truth. That's <laughs> church, yo. Are you hitting on me? That's what? I will hit you. That's church, <laughs> yo. That's church, yo. <laughs> I know what you talk right about, yo. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can't say it. The children. The children. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can say it. It don't matter. Go ahead. You know you want to say it. And I arrived. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> or something to that effect. I just got here. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I'm super. Thanks, Thanks for, for asking. asking. Wait, what, where did huh? that come from? <laughs> what was that? That's from the South Park movie. Never saw it. Oh, my God. That's not safe for this show. All right. Um, listen, guys, uh, before we get to the regular news and rumors, of which we have almost nothing, um, Grant has some news uh, that he wants to bring across. You are doing a, like a charity tournament, basically? Well, not. I, I really don't want it to be called a charity. So here's okay. kind of what's going on. So I'm running an event. It's called Pure Hammer. And it's called Pure Hammer because we're, uh, we're doing pure Warhammer right out of the book. No comp, not, nothing that could be even considered comp other than choosing a points value, but that's, that's straight out of the book. Yeah, that's that. not comp. So nothing could be any kind of comp. We're doing three scenarios right out of the uh, book, and we're not even doing a tournament style. We're doing basically you, you, you total up your wins. Every win that you're going to get is going to get you an entry into basically a raffle off for the prizes. Okay. So, so it's really just three fun games of pure Warhammer for the sake of playing the game Warhammer. And if you win, hey, you get a little bonus. So, But the, if you're not so, doing matchups based on we're not, Yeah, it's, it's all going to be random matchups. Yeah. It's all just meant to be in the spirit of playing some fun games of Warhammer. And there could be any of those scenarios. So you got to be ready for Blood and Glory. you got to be ready sure. for, for Watchtower even. you got to be ready for Battle for the Pass. Battle for the Pass so, yeah. even. Wow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Everything. Okay, so what 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 
you know, why, why are we doing this? Yeah, this? of yeah. course. So, um, really, one of the first things. So, through this, through the tournament scene that I've become a part of, I've, I've really found that it's it's a lot more than a bunch of nerds to play games with. You know, nerds uh, and geeks, uh, nerds and geeks. Um, not not really any dweebs. <laughs> I haven't met <laughs> many dweebs. dweebs. One or two, maybe. Um, I can think of a couple. I won't name them on the air. <laughs> don't, be, will, don't be so hard on yourself. No naming or shaming, yo. Um, <laughs> Now I'm wondering if I'm a dweeb. Okay, so <laughs> nobody in this room. I'll be okay. Okay. We're all we're all super awesome. <laughs> yeah. No, but but really, uh, so I found a lot of friends through this whole tournament scene that I started getting back into about three years ago, and some of them now I consider to be, uh, you know, very good friends. Uh, and uh, more importantly, what I really found out is that the whole community is very caring, very supportive. So uh, recently I just found out that uh, one of the members of the Midwest tournament scene uh, recently lost his wife. Mm. Uh, and he was left with five children. Um, all, And I don't know the exact ages of his kids, but um, I, I believe they're all they're definitely all under 16. Uh, I think they're all like 13 and under. Wow. Um, so... I've got two kids, and if I don't know what I would do if I lost my wife, so I, I, I would go crazy. Oh, no kidding! <laughs> yeah, I, 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 don't just, think I, I couldn't even it. imagine that. Not to really kind of kill, you know, the mood oh, yeah. in the room, but so so I heard about this, and immediately I said, uh, I want to do something. Uh, for, for to help this person out, and I, I don't know him very very well. Uh, I played a game against him at Wapaka one time. I've talked to him a couple of times, um, but really, I, I just wanted to do something for him, for his family, and to show him uh, what a good community of gamers that we are, and to really help somebody in need. And it's tragedies happen every day. Uh, I think everybody has something bad happen to them every once in a while, so it's not like you need to jump off a cliff every time something happens, but when something this big happens in somebody's life, uh, such a big impact that it has on them, you know, we want to, whatever money we raise through this event is not going to, uh, you know, change the course of events or or impact it immensely, but we'd like to be a part of that and like to be a part of of helping him out in his time of need. So so really that that's what this event is is for. It's not a charity event per se. I don't want to label it as as a um, you know this is for charity for him. I want it to be about getting together, playing some Warhammer, and helping out somebody who does need some help. Yeah, this is the community helping out one of their own. Yep. So you were saying now, so you don't have a real set entry fee, do you? No. No. So you were asking for any anything. There's anything? No, there is okay. no minimum. Oh, there isn't. Okay. If you, if, if you can, so so the, it's about coming to play some Warhammer. There's going to be some opportunities there to donate, and I think we're going to do food that uh, might be marked up a little bit to to raise some funds for. I'm going to see if we can get some people to donate pizzas, and everybody can chip in and donate for lunch and everything. So there's going to be some opportunities when you're there to also donate, but the donation is whatever you want to donate, and, and we've already gotten a lot of donations, uh, and I've been amazed at the generosity that some of the fellow gamers around here have shown. Um, if there are people out there listening that can't make it to the Pure Hammer Tournament but still want to donate, how might they do that? Oh, yeah. So so I put a link on the Garage Hammer forums. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that you go check that out on the Garage Hammer forums. I'll put a link in the show notes, too. And, if yeah, if you can, that'd be great. It's uh, it's really it's just going to the PayPal. It's the same PayPal that I use for the, the Blood and the Sun Tournament. It's just uh, we're going to do one big lump donation to a trust fund that was 
set up for those children. So it it was really sad to hear that she did not have uh, insurance from what, from my understanding. Um, At least that's, that's what I had heard. So they did, uh, I, I think his sister set up a, a trust fund for the children. So that's where we're going to make a donation right to that. Okay. Uh, and it's going to be 100% of the proceeds. We're not buying trophies. We're not. We're doing it at a, a game store where they have uh, an abundant amount of space, and they were willing to let us use that that space and provide all the tables at no cost. Where is it? Where is it at? Rockheads, where where Rockhead in Kenosha okay. it was. Yeah. Nice. And uh, so that's in. And that, so that's in. Um, Kenosha, Wisconsin. Kenosha, Wisconsin. Right. Yeah. Okay. So, so hoping that we can get some people maybe from the northern Wisconsin area sure. to come down and play. Yeah. A lot of Chicagoland players are coming to play. The, uh, but yeah, if if you can donate anything, uh, any listeners out there, if you go to the to the site, I mean, this is this is a this is a terrible tragedy that happened, and and we really want to show uh, this person how much we care about our our fellow gamers. Uh, you know, if it's five dollars, if it's five hundred dollars, it doesn't matter. Every single penny, if it's a dollar, if it's fifty cents, uh, it, it, it's going to help. You know, it's going to go towards that. So uh, that, that's that's why I wanted to come on the show. I know you guys have a lot of listeners, and um, it's really great to. Uh, You've got a great community that you guys have created as well. So um, hopefully we get a couple people that that hear this and want to you know jump on board, whether they want to attend um, or whether they can just uh, donate. Just donate anything, yeah. anything helps. Yeah, uh, that'd be great to lift, lift him up when he's down. That'd, yep. uh, absolutely, yeah, definitely. Be great. Also, um, you said if you win the games, you get tickets for a raffle. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you're accepting stuff for the raffle too, right? Yeah. So that's another. Um, listen, I, I'm playing in the event too, so uh, I'm not. Uh, it's not going to be a hard and fast run event. It's really going to be pretty loose. We're asking that any attendees bring uh, bring a, bring some sort of on top of whatever donation that they've done something GW whether it's whether it's uh, uh, model that they've opened but haven't put together or, or something like that just to throw into the pot and the winners are going to get those those things those are prizes the mm-hmm. the kind of incentive for winning it's not like i said it's not a, a tournament per se sure. it's more day to come and place more hammer but it's always fun that when, when you win then you get to throw your name in a pot to to maybe win a couple of prizes i, I that's yeah. cool. That's kind of cool. You're just going to go play three games of Warhammer with friends. If you don't win any, you don't win. If you win three, then you got three chances to get another. And are you also selling raffle tickets too? Um, that I haven't decided yet. Probably because just that's going to help the with money the donations right. and the yeah. money flow. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, I, and I have to give a little bit of credit for the actual uh, idea. The games itself goes out to Joe Sloboda. So he was my inspiration on uh, on on the IWFB forum where he said. Um, uh, you know, he kind of challenged somebody to, uh, you know, because he he wasn't up to it, but <laughs> kind of challenged somebody to to do an event that was just straight Warhammer out of the book with no comp of any sort. And, I saw that. And, and yeah. would imagine that there's uh, that they would get as good of an attendance if it was as well run as as some of the other Midwest tournaments are that it would get that same type of attendance. So. Uh, this is a little one-day thing. We're not going for a hundred players, but hey, if, if hundred people want to show up, uh, I think Rockheads has space. They got quite a bit of space up there. So the gauntlet has been thrown, Joe. If you're listening, uh, <laughs> he hasn't signed. Event. He hasn't signed up yet. I'm, I'm expecting him to. There's no Steelers game on. Well, there's he no, should. This is right up his alley. I mean, it it's, it's Warhammer for the sake of playing. Yep. There's no rankings or anything like that. Just like he's always touted. So excellent. Excellent. Hopefully you can make it. Now, what size is the uh, the tournament? 
2,200 points. 2,200. I picked that because if there is anybody, the North Star Tournament's coming up. If anybody did want to bring a list and just sure. kind of play that Test and try it out, it out yeah. uh, that they could that they could bring that uh, that army. And 2,200, it's e- easy to get those games in. I, I've only got two hours allotted for each game, so okay, uh, 2,200 is, is, is a little bit smaller. Um, so hopefully we could squeeze those games into two hours apiece. Are you going to North Star this year? No decision yet. I, I mm. did put into. I am on the waiting list. Okay, but I, I I officially haven't committed to my wife yet that I'm going. So <laughs> I see. I've uh-huh. Or my wife has not officially committed to me yet that I'm going. I guess is how I should gotcha. put it. Gotcha. <laughs> Two way street. It is. I understand that very yeah, well. Yeah. <laughs> so you single guys out, guys out there, you got it easy. <laughs> yep. Or you married guys with no kids. Or you married guys who like to play filthy lists and have a wife who goes and plays with you. (laughs) (laughs) And you live in Michigan. (laughs) And you go by some really strange handle. I don't know know where that that came from, but whatever. All right. (laughs) Your your screen name rhymes with Rebellion. Okay, guys, thank you for letting me come on. I'm going to go play a game with Harrison right now. How's that sound? Oh, yeah, they're trying out new lizards. You're trying out the new lizards. I'm trying out new lizards. I'm I'm giving them a go. Before committing to the $85 big monsters, you found a pair of uh, plastic... Toy Classic dinosaur toys for, for, a for, a buck. for a buck, yeah, and it even came with a little uh, piece of uh, jungle terrain too in, in in the the kit. So that's cool. Yeah, do a test run before you commit. We that's should put those idea. pictures up as the uh, <laughs> as the, 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 as the actual picture for the show. <laughs> Just kidding. You you don't want to put those up anywhere. So. Well, I don't know. There might be something to that. I'll go ahead. We, you we know what? That right there. That is pure hammer right there, Chris. If you got your phone, snap a few pictures. <laughs> yep. Plastic gray hammer is what I got going on right now. Plastic <laughs> gray. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, Grant, for coming on. Thanks, Grant. Hey, Dave, I'm looking for a place to play some Warhammer. Family games, board games? You mean unmatched awards and adventure? Sure, a uh, place with collectible and trading card games, RPGs, unusual gifts. You tips. mean unparalleled offerings and fun? Okay. And it'd be great if they had books, candles, and collectibles, too. Particular presents and playtime? You're looking for unique gifts and games! Okay, but... Uh, Located in historic downtown Grays Lake, Illinois... UGG caters to gamers of all types. Okay, but miniature games, board games, card games, yeah. Doctor Who, all right, but things supernatural. I understand. It's all here. Okay, but with listen. frequently scheduled events, open gaming, a clean and friendly atmosphere. Okay, stop by UGG or or Board, visit them yeah. online at uniquegg.com. You could have just told me about unique gifts and games. Individualized endowments and festivities, essential awards and diversions, one-of-a-kind presents and happy fun time! All right, that's enough. News and Rumors. Brought to you by the Circle City Circuit, which we're supposed to have uh, 
supposed to have Jeff and a couple of the other guys from the circuit on sometime soon. He asked if they could come on and sure. talk about some stuff, so we're going to probably have that, too. Um, Lizardman Jeff and his cohorts? Yeah, I, I they believe uh, Ryan Boaz and Gary Luther and stuff like that. Oh, so, cool. Yeah, it'll be cool. Um, wow, there's nothing right now. I, well, I see something about Space Marines. Well, all the ru- I keep seeing rumors come up on uh, Bella Lost Souls and uh, the... Um, the heresy that a new uh, space marine codex is due out. Yeah, I think that's going to be the September book. When was when did the last one come out? Uh, I think it was about three four years ago. The space marine codex. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah, but I mean, they you know they they always get a pretty quick update. Plus, now with GW doing those supplemental books mm-hmm. for the different sections, the rumors are this space marine book rather than being so ultramarines heavy will be really vanilla, and then different chapters that don't have enough for their own book will get one of these oh, like a combo. supplemental books. Okay, interesting. So you'll get an Ultramarines. And, dude, talk about making money hand over fist. GW, I mean, we bought the one for the Eldar because Harrison liked it. Mm-hmm. It's pretty much cost the same as the Codex, and it's only got about four pages of rules. The rest of it is 80 pages of fluff wow. about that army or something like that. It's That's just, cool. Yeah, I mean, so if you love that army, it'll give you this and special rules for fielding special characters, special formation, special whatever it is that you can do. Nice. So it gives the players more options then. Yeah, like so that. it's options. If And this way, they don't have to put out a separate codex for these smaller, lesser played right. factions. The ones they, that won't sell. Right, but they can. Well, I mean, Ultramarines, everybody buys in pizza. Oh, yeah, but now but you can just say, here's some special rules for your Ultramarines. Right. And of course, you're going to buy them. You know, I personally won't. Well, but I mean, but you know what I mean. A hypothetical person out right. there, yeah, right. So would that that might be pretty cool. My only thing is, if for the completest, that's gonna that you know, like, well, <laughs> dude, the completest. I'll tell you what, I've been, I've been, buy, I buy the forty k books because I like the fluff and I like to read the army books and I read through mm-hmm. even though I don't play it that much. But all these supplementals that have been coming out, I mm-hmm. picked up the Eldar one for Harrison. I didn't pick up the Tau one. Um, I have no plans on picking up other ones because I just I can't. It's, so you're not really a completist then. I well, I used to be. <laughs> you're you're like you're more of a uh, most of yeah. Fist. Well, I, I I would I would like to get them all because each one has special rules, each one has fluff. They're all cool, but at forty some bucks a pop, I mean, if they they could come out with ten of those for the space marines, sure, yeah, four hundred bucks. Yeah, yeah, right you there, know? just the books. Yeah, the books. Yeah, so it's like, ugh, uh, I, nope, I gotta skip it. But I, I'm 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 really. Just game-wise and far as fluff-wise goes, I'm really interested to see what they do with this particular codex because there is such variety in it. Right. Well, especially with all the Horus Heresy that you've been reading, too. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure that ties into it nicely. Yeah. I love it. So, but that's, I mean, there's nothing else on the GW site. I mean, all, okay, yes, the new Lizardman book came the out. New, yeah, of course. Uh, that's obvious news. Um, we're going to do a review over the next couple of episodes. Uh-huh. I like the new format of our army reviews, by the way. Can I just, I mean, can, Good. I don't want to pat myself on the back or anything. Well, I think it makes it a little bit more digestible. You know, if you're into the fluff, you know, we talk about that in one right. show. If you're into the rules and the, the lists, yeah. we talk about in the other. I just, uh, I think, it, well, A, it makes it easier for us to record. Yeah. But just breaking it down to two episodes, those marathon episodes were so hard to edit and put together and put out, and they take forever to download. I'm just, I'm really kind of. I'm looking forward to recording. I'm yeah, actually looking forward up. to recording. Plus, with all the stuff you've brought to the table now that you've joined the show, uh, the I, music, I, the clips, the stuff. I mean, I'm I'm really excited about the Lizard yeah, it should be fun. episode. I, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. But uh, 
what do you think? I mean, just have you had any time to get any? Uh, I, I've I've thumbed through the book quickly. Uh-huh. I've had a couple discussions with people who who've looked into it uh, in detail. You know, the the word seems to be that people are not happy with it because it's bumped down in power. Now, I think that's true relative to the previous Lizardmen book, mm-hmm. which was kind of over the top. It was in the top three, I'd say. Yeah, it was. So this took a significant bump down. But I think in the same vein as many of the other recent books, it's a very versatile book. You can feel, you can feel different types of armies. You're not locked into one build. Right. There's several different, different types that you can play. Uh, the magic, I think, is very versatile. Yep. You have a lot of options there. Um, so I think it's a well-rounded army. I don't think there are any obvious power choices. Right. But I think over time, people will learn how to field it and what to use, what synergizes with what. So I think there's a lot of potential there. I looked at it, and I now, think... I know you were headed towards maybe starting up Lizardman. Yes. Well, I'm holding off because I have my one-month rule on all new armies with, except dwarfs because I... Well, it's, and sure. it's not just because it's dwarfs. That was my first army. I've got that army. When the new book comes out, I will pick up the odds and ends I need. And right, yeah. Everyone, everyone who plays this game I have, has that one army that's like they consider their army. Right. And dwar- yeah. dwarves happen to yours. So... But I've, I've and I've been really good. I, you know, I've mm-hmm. been just sticking with what I'm doing. I, I give one month for the ex- initial excitement of, because every time I read a book, I want to play that army. Like every sure, new book comes out, I want to because oh, this is cool. Yeah. Oh, this is cool. Oh, this is cool. I'm sure, GW executives are like, yes, buy it. And I've I've implemented my no starting anything new for at least one month after it comes out, so that I can make sure. Hmm. And I haven't really started anything. Um, but I, I read the book, and it looks balanced, which I like. It yeah. seems to have balance, like the other books. Um, some of the super powerful stuff has come down. Some of the other less obvious choices seem to have come, up, come a little up, bit. up a little bit. If I have one criticism of the book, and like I said, we'll get into this in a review. I don't want to go in, yeah. in depth. Uh, skinks, skinks, skirmishers, and Saurus. Once again, that's all your core choices. Now, granted, you could put Croxigors into the Skink unit. Right. You got three choices. I mean, I thought the... I mean, I know it's core, and a lot of play, think, armies only have a few choices, but really, you've got Skinks and Saurus. Because it's Skinks mm-hmm. and Skink Skirmishers, it's not that huge of a... I mean, yeah, I know people write it, they're hugely different. Don't, I don't want to argue the point. Right. My point is you got Skinks and Saurus, and it just seems like I wanted to see something new in there or something different. Or just mm-hmm. something to give a little more variety to the core. Um, that's the only real beef I have with it so far. I, I don't know if I have a problem with it, because they have so many other nice toys that, that have been added. Right, but I just feel like it almost, and it, like I said, that was my one complaint. It, it seems to me like it it hasn't changed that much. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, some of the other books have changed a lot. The VC book actually changed quite a bit. I know the High Elf book changed, yeah, they changed quite, quite a, bit. a bit. This book seems to be like, here's the old book. Uh, we we tweaked it and threw in a few more toys, and that's just how it kind of seems to me. Because it seems that a lot of that core is still going to be. Some all might the same. say that that's exactly what it needed. Maybe it is all it needed. I mean, I don't know yet. Um, I'm surprised how well, much I'm seeing people on Twitter and places being like, "I'm selling my lizards." Like jumping like off the bandwagon days after right, it's come right. out. I'm surprised. Have people played enough games where they can make that determination with such conviction? I I don't know. I mean, it's. I'm, it just seems. Uh, I think, like with anything else, you give it some time. You find your build. You gotta let it marinate. Yeah, if you like it, 
if you like lizards, I think you're going to have a decent setup here. And you can do all sorts of stuff. You're already hearing the different Monster Mash builds. Mm-hmm. You're hearing the different things. Uh, you can still kind of play it the way you did. The only thing the only thing you don't seem to have is the Super Party Slam. Now he's just dropped down to the low-key party right. slam. Just Super Slam. He's yeah. still pretty good. I mean, the, the lore attribute of High Magic for Lizards is cool. Where you can forget a spell that you successfully cast to get another one. Right. I mean, that's pretty good. If that you go, to, if you go to a tournament... All of a sudden, you're against warriors, and you need, you know, right. If some I metal. This, if, if what I have is great, I don't dump it. If what I have is useless, okay, well, I'll go grab what, I, you know, yeah, hopefully. Yeah. I mean, you still got to roll for it, but, I mean, Well, you, you can roll for it, and then you can default to the signature. Right. So, <laughs> I mean, it's just, that's pretty good. Yeah. Some good versatility there. And that works. I like that it works to the, it, what I noticed in the book is it seems to work to the fluff a lot. You've got this idea of the slant who know everything. Well, you have to pick a lore. Okay, but you get in there. Oh, I need to change. Right. Okay, well, great. Slant know everything. Magic-wise, that they works. They can see the future, and they're right. in tune with magic. Um, you know, some of the new... I like the... You know, we, it, and there's been a lot of talk about that new predatory fighter rule. Mm-hmm. Now, what is that? Um, if you roll a six to hit, then you get another extra attack. Okay. So you roll all your dice, you take all your sixes to hit, mm-hmm. and then you get you know you get to roll. It's kind of like Red Fury, except you get on the to hit. Okay, and if you're re-rolled to hit roll, rolls a six again. You don't get no. It's just the one. Just no. the one. I see. Um, the only other rule though is that you 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 have to pursue if the pursue option comes up, unless there's a certain okay. unless there's like a skink character within six inches, then you can try to restrain pursuit. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, you have to pursue, not overrun. It's just pursue. Which fluff wise, mm-hmm. you got these bloodthirsty lizards coming sure, out. Right. They, you know, they make they get some wounds. The, they get the scent of blood in their nose. They're going the for more. Builds up. Yeah. And then when those things run, they run after them. So spells that give you like a plus one to hit will augment that because then you're you you get that bonus on a five or a six. Oh, I never thought about that. Right. I don't know. Maybe it has to be a natural six. Oh, another FAQ. Lots of people are asking yeah, FAQ questions. Maybe. But we'll get into we'll that discover stuff. That. We'll cover that in the Lizardment. In the Lizardment, because there's a bunch of FAQ questions I've actually heard about that. Well, I hope they come up with a high elf FAQ before they do a Lizardment FAQ, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> how, do you really think the... How much stuff does the high elf need? Uh, there's there's a couple of things here and there. Really? Like what? Uh, I'm just curious. You know, like I mean, we, we talked about, like the... the, the the Flame Phoenix, you know, if you do the Walk Between Worlds spell and f- have it fly over something, does, oh, it, does right. it do the wounds that's right. on them? You know, things like that. Oh, okay. Uh, okay. I, got, I remember that now. Okay. Well, that's that's about it for news and rumors. Okay. Um, I mean, unless you wanted to talk about the new models, but, I mean, people have been talking them to death. I mean... You know, I, I I like them. I've never been a huge Lizardman fan. The whole dinosaur thing never really appealed to me, but the paint jobs I really like, and the yeah. models... The, the you know the big carnosaurs and stuff variations thereof are, are cool. I remember when Christopher came over here with all his books when I was still playing Lord of the Rings, and he's like, "Oh, I should show yeah, you Warhammer." Yeah. And I went through the big book and I flipped through it, and there were two armies that I went lame, and I went, "Okay, wait, giant rats, lame, <laughs> giant dinosaurs, lame." <laughs> like I just like oh, just took something. I, uh, we need another race. Oh, uh, pick these and just turn them into you know humanoid types of them. And yeah, so, but obviously I've come to like them both now. Right, but right. I just remember my initial reaction was lame. I like the new models. I like taking the real looking dinosaurs and mm-hmm. then sort of just tweaking them a bit. Yeah. You know, people have said their little 
Pokemon esque, but I mean that the thing that looked sort of like an Ankylosaur. I mean, it's got that. Tough I, I armor. think that's cool. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it looks like, awesome. down and looks uh, beefy. Yeah, they look really cool. I I, I think. I have to kind of agree. The only one so far was that Rockgar or Crockgar, the one super, the one pale lizard guy. I, I didn't mind that one. He's, he's kind. Of, he's a, he looks a little boxy. He he looks almost. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but that could be the paint job. Because remember when the, the uh, savages, the savage orcs came boxy, out, they looked but like, they're but they're so not. They're not. So he was the only one that I had a question. Those Gorok, is that his name? Yeah, maybe that's okay. it. Yeah. Um, the uh, pterodons. And the uh, the pterodactyls the look so good. The ripperdactyls. I don't mind them. I know a lot of people don't like them. I think that big cartoony jaw is kind of funny looking. It's I, I cool. thought those were cool. I like how the stone that they're carrying is what goes on the peg, so it's not oh, going up right. into the body where it looks like it's bouncing. Up. It's yeah. just it's on that stone, so it makes so the whole body's off the peg. It just for some reason it makes it look lighter, like it's makes more it more like like, like, like in flight. Yeah, yeah it's not a part cool. of the body's on the peg. I, I just hope those pegs fit. Snugly into that thing. Once again, I buy. I go to back yeah, to basics. Right, right. You you uh, convert it. You know what? Those putting those two metal, the magnets, the magnet in the body, and then the magnet on the mm-hmm. back to basics base. It stays, and if someone bumps it, it kind of shakes. But since they're rare earth magnets, it usually will just shake and snap right back into place. That's one thing that GW I think needs to invest a little bit more R and D into is those stems because <laughs> like the, uh, the the phoenixes, they don't fit. No, that's yeah. Uh, those those stems are terrible. Yeah. I don't I don't use them on any of my stuff anymore. I I don't mind ordering from back to base. I don't mind shipping mm-hmm. from Australia. I'll give them a free plug because I really love those People flying the stands. Yeah. They're good. And usually when you buy the packages, they come with the two different sizes, so right. you can you know. You can I mean, I know GW has the them too, but you sure. can stagger the heights, so it's pretty good. All right, so. Uh, on to the toolbox. Brought to you by Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. Chaos Orc Superstore. They're super. Whatever. All right. So, hobby. Yeah. What you been up to? Nothing still, but I have I have, I have a plan. You have grand plans, huh? Yes. Two plans, actually. One is to finish magnetizing the bases on all my zombies and skeletons and stuff and making a few more various sized magnetic trays. Yeah. Because seriously, I can't, I don't have anything to transport them like on the trays places. Now let me ask you something. Yeah. When you field your zombies, I guess it doesn't matter, but you always go five wide and then real deep. Yeah. So would you ever consider modeling them so that they're a hundred mil by 20 as a single base? I've seen people do that, and I yeah. thought about doing that. Because um, I've seen you when you're ranking up all those zombies. I mean, there's a lot of models that you're ranking up. It's a up. lot of models, and it's the thing is, I guess I could just glue a bunch. Because I have the Mantic ones, so the bases are not beveled. They're squared off. Right. So I could just kind of glue yeah, them yeah. together and it, put attach them together. Them, yeah. But um, I don't know. I just I, I haven't. Yeah. And um, I, do, I do like when I'm not playing with them to put them into my... I I sure, bought all right. the battle foam and yeah yeah I've already got those. I, there's nowhere I would. I don't want to start cutting it up, so I have to lay them in at a certain angle. Well, if you magnetize them, they'll they'll always be in your tray. True, but I don't always. I mean, where I the way I've got my setup down here in the basement, I don't leave stuff in the tray. Right. So this way, if I know I'm playing, I can kind of set it up ahead of time. But I don't have a really good transport setup sure, yet for right, that. Right. I mean, it's just. I mean, I could, but I haven't. And 
that might be something that that, that I might consider doing. Not yeah. n- maybe not only five, but you know, two rows of five or even three. A couple of five, just yeah. a couple of them. To and you can you can make change with single ones, you know, as right. wounds are taken. Right. Yeah. I've I've, I've thought of that. I just mm-hmm. haven't. I haven't gotten around, especially now that I've got all the bases. Basically, I just have to kind of glue or pin them together right. side by side. Yeah. Haven't quite done it yet, but I'm. It's. At some point, I might. I actually was thinking about it, but I have so many other things that need to get done sure, that that's right. like really low on the priority <laughs> list. <laughs> the zombies are low, huh? Uh, well, I mean, list. like I said, I, I can sit here while I'm watching whatever. Breaking on Bad yeah. or something. <laughs> I can sit there and just mindlessly drill the bases on sure. the on the the, um, the Mantic bases and then drop in magnets, you know, yeah. so that I can get done. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is I have to, I'm going to prime and paint the Mighty Empire's pieces. Oh, for the campaign. The tiles for the campaign. Because I've got them and they're gray and we can use it. Well, it's more fun when it's painted. It doesn't matter exactly, but I just... Plus, that's something that I can just do. I mean, because it's really... Golden Demon quality stuff there, David. (laughs) Right. That's what I'm expecting. Okay, well, keep... Otherwise, I'm not playing. Prepare for disappointment. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, it's something I can do. Plus, I have two sets of it, so it's like, it's a ton of tiles. And they're two-sided, so i got to paint them both sides. So I have a lot to paint. But really, I mean, they can just you can do it in a couple of basic quick colors and, right. and now, get them done. Do you think we'll do an online version of that map so everyone could, who's playing in the campaign could just refer to it digitally? Uh, I'm hoping so. Um, okay. That's, we'll, we'll talk about that yeah, later yeah. in the segment when we talk about the campaign. Um, that's one of the things I'm trying to work on because actual movement on the board, I think everyone's going to kind of want to see what everyone's doing at the same time. Yeah, true. There's Although, a chance well, for, to get everyone in the same place. Is there's hard. a chance. What I'm thinking is because I have the camera, I yeah. may say we do a get together for a Skype. Okay. You know, and then I'll just have the the camera on the board. Oh, I see. And then as people call their movements, I can we can mar- we can all see where see. they're okay. what they're where in they're real what time. they're doing. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's that's my guess. Okay, but, makes sense. Uh, Otherwise, it's going to be a lot for me to run it because it's right. going to be every turn when people take their turn. Okay, I got to go now. Okay, it's your turn. Your turn. I'd have to actually do it in order because it's not the same as. Doesn't work. This this isn't working like normal Mighty Empires. So all right, well we'll, we'll cover yeah. that in the campaign. Sure, sure. So, but that's it. What about you for hobby? Hobby. Uh, I've been working on converting high elves. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I've done a lot with the Shadow Warrior helmets. So applying that to the, the Spear Elf uh, and now an Archer. I've got two units of Reavers with those helmets on there, which I think turned out pretty good. And, I, you know, I posted these picks on Twitter. And, uh, you know, people, I think, reacted well to them. A lot of people said, you know, it looks a little too dark for me. They look a little too evil. Uh, they do look a little... I said the same thing. They look sinister. They look a little more sinister. Yeah, and, and I get that. Then I thought, well... You know, there's a rumors of our Dark Elf book on the horizon. I'm kind of itching to start a new army. Well, what if I model and convert this well enough so that it could be, it could play a pre-sundering elven army, but I could play them either way, high elf or dark elf. See, and you know, and once again, this is one of the things where you know when you when you normally when you hear, well, I'm just going to use my high elves as dark elves. And I, I know that's what I was just saying, but right. when you hear that, you go, Ugh. that's kind of like a uh, cop out. Exactly, yeah. but you're gonna. Make them Nagarith. Correct. Nagarith High Elves, who basically were the same. I mean, that's. That they are. The Dark Elves. elves. I mean, the reason. Yeah, I mean, it's not. You look at. Especially when you read the books, the Nagarith, their colors were the same. The black and purples and silvers of the. The Dark Elves didn't just suddenly decide one day we're going to dye all our clothes black. Well, that's what they're they're all from. That was their color. Yeah, their color. So if you do a Nagarith High Elf Army, 
it could absolutely double as a dark elf well, army. Well, I think the trick is, I, you know, it, it, it's a lot of pressure then to model it and paint it then well. Yes. To have people buy into that and say, okay, yeah, I can see that being both. If you if you kind of fall short in that respect, I think people will be like, mm. well, when you pull it out, if you if you call it a Nagarith army, uh, as soon as you say it's a Nagarith army, it automatically people should kind get of be it. either. Right. Yeah. It's my Nagarith High Elf Army. Okay, it looks a little sinister, but the Nagarith were always sort of the the darker... The more sinister of the, of high, the high Elves. Yeah. And you say, this is my Nagarith Dark Elf Army. Well, okay, it's a Dark Elf Army. <laughs> That's it. That's there you it. go. So it'll be... You know, I think it'll be interesting to, to do, you know, once the Dark Elves do come out... Go ahead. Go you ahead. know, you can have a Phoenix Guard converted to Black Guard, uh-huh. Swordmasters as Executioners. Yeah, and especially if you're doing slight conversions on them. Yeah. And the other thing is... When the Dark Elves come out, if you do decide you want to play them, you know, obviously, you know, there's no High Elf Hydra. Right. So if you pick up the couple of bits and pieces that are pure Dark Elf army. Well, I could use that. Was that that Mears Miniatures Hydra? Oh, God. I that, love uh, that thing. Paul Wagner was slamming, but I thought it was really cool. <laughs> Dude, that is a great sculpt. I like it. And you know what? Seriously, that when I, when I pictured the Hydra, when I first heard they had a Hydra, I pictured it because that's... Greek That's mythology, what a Hydra the Hydra is. is a snake with a lot of heads. Yeah, yeah. And so when they had a snake with a lot of heads and not this... Not a multi-headed dragon with no wings. Right. I mean, not, not to bag on the GW one. It's, a, it's cool it's looking. It's cool. It's very cool looking, but it is. It looks like a dragon without wings and a lot of heads. That thing is what I've always pictured as a Hydra. Yeah, that one might... We might have to order that one. That is pretty cool. That one might be... Yeah, that might be one I have to order up yeah. because it's really nice. So I think that could be a fun conversion. I've always wanted to do an army where every... You know, near every, if not all, all models were converted in some way. I think this could be a good way to facilitate that. That's something I have in my head is really wanting to do as well. Converting every model? Not going to do it with the with the VC, obviously, because, yeah. well, I'm not doing it with a horde army. Right. I'm not going to be able to... I, I don't think I can do it with dwarves. I think uh, I mentioned maybe this before. You can. Maybe you could do something similar where you could do a dwarf army that doubles as a chaos dwarf army. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's what, feasible. What interchangeable hats? <laughs> could be. Um, <laughs> different colored beards. But what I'm just saying is know. just... Um, they're so... I mean, based on the models I have now, they're so squat and they're so almost like one piece right that there's not much room to con- i mean it's yeah it's hard to work with them it, yeah, yeah I, I they're hard you. to work with as yeah. far as conversions go and i've had i've heard in fact even at uh, invasion kenosha i was talking to, i can't remember who i was talking to but he was like he was complaining actually about conversion points being in paint scores because like i play dwarves he's like there's not much you can convert in a dwarf army i'm like well you know you can build you can scratch build war machines and stuff, and do that you like add like you know add different shields, make your own shields. Yeah, but embellish uh, the weapons somehow. Yeah, then you also get into the other complaint, which is my biggest complaint with conversions. Yeah, yeah I'm, someday I'd like to do that just as a skill thing. Right. The fact is, I don't do a lot of conversions because I like the damn models that they make. I I agree with you, but there's something to be said for. Um, Kind of flexing your hobby muscle, and that's the only reason I would right? do it because yeah. I would like to. I would like the, the. I would like to be able to see how good I could do it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason I do it, though, because like I look at a lot of the armies I have, and I'm like these models are just fine. Or if I don't like them, I go out and find alternative ones. Well, it, yeah, that's the thing. So like high elf spearmen, mm-hmm. never liked them. I use them because I have to. There's no real viable al- alternative out there, right? And your conversions are looking ace. So I so, want to see how far I can take it. And, so. that's, and that's cool because you have something that you'd want to do that with. I'm not saying – like I said, I would love to do it 
but I would I would I only really want to do it for a hobby pers- from a hobby perspective, not because I feel a need. Uh, you know. Well, that that's what I'm. That's where I'm at. Exactly. It's purely for a hobby perspective. See, there's no pressure because I have a, a painted high off army that I can field. Right. And this way, I can take my suit all the time. Yeah. You know, with with this. Cool. So, uh, anything else you're doing? Um. That's about it. Yeah, I've been doing a lot of uh, creating bases with the baking of the Sculpey. How's that coming? It's coming along. Does that stuff smell when you bake it? No, I was afraid it would, but it, it, it doesn't. Okay, cool. So I was baking a whole bunch of it last night while my wife was watching TV. She didn't realize until I was almost done. She turns around and goes, what are you doing? Well, I'm baking clay. See, she it, just kind of rolled her eyes and turned back around. <laughs> see, what you got to do is while you're doing that, you got to throw in like some muffins or something. So that way when she yeah. said, what are you doing? You're like, I made you muffins. And then... Are you kidding? I haven't also baked Sculpey. But uh, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> so uh, so that's I my I see hobby. you've been reading. I have been reading. I've been reading this book called Skarsnik. Okay. And let me tell you, it is a great book. Really? It, it is a lot of fun. I, I, you know, I'm almost over with it, and when I'm done, I'll bring it back here. Okay. It goes into a lot of detail. It, they, you know, it details Skarsnik and how he uh, came to power. Okay. Um, there, there's a lot of Skaven and Dwarf interaction. Of course. So, yeah. So it, it's really cool. They, they talk about how um, greenskins are spawned. They're not born. So they confirm that. Okay. They're just spawned. Kind of like out of how the, the Urukai are, are, are spawned in the um, Lord of the Rings. Okay. Kind of like these, these mud pits. They just emerge. They're kind of like that. And I, I got to tell you, the, the life of a greenskin is rough from the get-go. They emerge from these spawning pits, and right away they're beat up and picked on by the bigger greenskins. In some cases, just eaten. Okay. Right away. So if you get a goblin or, or whatever that manages to get to Skarsnik's level, that's quite an accomplishment. And that's why they're so mean and ornery, probably too, right? Yeah. Well, that's that's they 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 he describes the author describes them as um, children who, if they can't have something, they'll destroy it so that no one can have it. Okay. Oh, that's kind of the mentality of a goblin. Nice. Yeah. So it, it's spot on. And um, yeah, they the the dwarves. Even though I hate dwarves, they do write them in such a way that make them seem... Do you really hate them, like, fluff-wise and everything, or you just don't like... I just don't like them. Don't like playing against them, mm, or just... Don't... Well, we covered this. I don't like playing against them. The models, to me, are... Okay, but I mean, just... Okay, uh, aside from the game, mm-hmm. you know, Lord of the Rings, just reading fluff-wise... I, well, I like hate... Gimli, because he's good comic relief. He was never comic relief in the book. Well, I... I'm saying, so you just don't even like the story, the fluff behind dwarves in general. Never really appealed. Ever, I think ever since the Snow White and the Severn Dwarves, they are dwarves, uh-huh, aren't they? I guess. Okay. So, I don't know. Maybe that tainted me. I don't know. Dwarves just never never did it for me. Hmm. Okay. But in the book, they describe them in such a way where they almost seem cool, but they're still lame. <laughs> <laughs> but they explain... Um, like uh, uh, Skarsnik's trident, like mm-hmm. how they make that, and I, I won't spoil it because you're going to read it. Yeah, and, you know, listeners should read it too. But uh, they go into a lot of detail. In it. Uh, there's a great scene where they describe how they uh, wrangle trolls. Okay, they use captured beastmen to like lure these trolls out into the open, and they eat the beastmen, and then they they and they capture the they trolls. Cage them. Yeah, yeah, nice. So it is pretty cool. What does this say here? Referring to elves as yeah, pans- yeah. Consistently throughout the book, they refer to Grob the Paunch mm-hmm. and how he uh, landed in Pansy Land <laughs> and killed all the pansies. <laughs> oh, really? <Yeah. laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, so it's uh, it's a good read. It's a lot of fun. So I think I'm going to try to read some more of those, the fantasy based. 
yeah. books because they're. I have a bunch. If fun. there's okay. anything you're interested in, okay, yeah, we'll do. I'd suggest Gotrek and Felix, but uh, I pretty they're much both dwarves. Well, no, Gotrek's a dwarf. Felix is his human companion, his chronicler. Mm-hmm. But maybe, yeah, who knows? You might read that and actually think there are some cool dwarves out there. Possibly. You know, the good thing about this one is a lot of dwarves die in Skarsnik. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Did you read the two, uh, The Blood of Anarian yet? Uh, I haven't. Okay, I know I've got one on one of my e-readers, and I think I have the hard copy of the first book. Uh, okay. I'll loan them to you. It's the, yeah, I'd be the, happy to. The Tyrion and Teclis? Yeah, yeah. Wow, those are good. You, are you will really like those. Okay. I've come to I've come to like Tyrion and Teclis, the characters, much more after reading the books. I will take you up on that. So, um, I've, okay, I finished book 18 in the Horus Heresy. Um, the 18, jeez. I'm still I'm done after three, so I need to circle back around and get caught up. Yeah. Well, four, you know, once I'm, I'm working on four right now. Flight of the Eisenstein I'm working on for after Olinor. I finished uh, The Outcast Dead, probably my least favorite book so far. And that's book 18. Yeah. Probably my least favorite. I just did. I mean, it was it was really pulling teeth to get through it. I almost That's bad. Huh? I I got about two thirds of the way through, and then it was like a month to finish the last hundred or so pages. Who wrote that one? I forget. Oh, Graham Mc, was it Graham McNeil? No, I didn't think so. I thought it was Gav Thorpe. I don't know. It was one of those two guys. I don't have the book in front of me. Hmm. It takes place completely on on. On Terra. Oh, I think you mentioned yeah, I was talking Oh, you're still on that book. I, I just wow. finished it on vacation. I brought it with on vacation that I'm not going to read anything else wow. until I finish this book. So while the kids are out playing on the lake, I was sitting on the... Uh, my wife was reading her book, and I finished reading this. There was a couple of really great scenes with a couple of characters that were minor characters that I found very interesting. I would say if I were to break it down page by page, it was like 460 pages. I think I enjoyed about 25 pages of that book. Yeesh. And the rest I just couldn't handle. That's it was rough. just, I just, you know, it was one of these things where I, I was waiting for the big reveal and then I got the big reveal and I'm like, uh, yeah, everybody already knew this. And I realized maybe the characters didn't, but unless there's, unless some later book tells me why that reveal was important right. or why the person who revealed it was important or something yeah. like that. Yeah, I was, it was a snooze fest. I just couldn't. I was going to ask you, maybe later books will refer back to that and shine that book in a new light. And there's a scene with this bad guy who apparently the, I think they were the Thunder Warriors were the prototypes of the Space Marines, the ones the Emperor used to conquer Earth. Mm-hmm. And there's a couple in the in the book. Hmm. Like, they're supposedly all dead, except obviously not. Sure. And that was like the most interesting part of the book, and he was in it for so little in the book, and he was like the only thing I latched uh, onto and really liked. More of him. Um, and I mean, I'm not complaining, I got 18 books in. I had two that I thought were mediocre, and this one I just didn't like. So that means 15 pretty darn pretty decent good. books. It's a pretty good average. Exactly. But... I'm not complaining. Um, so the next one I have, I forget what the Deliverance Lost. That's what I'm reading next. Uh, the Raven Guard, I guess. Uh, that and So that's what I'm on for reading. Nice. Um, have you been uh, watching anything cool? Uh, well, we both went and saw a, a really excellent movie. At least I thought it was an excellent movie. I yeah, Pacific Rim, you're yeah. referring to. Yeah, yeah, I liked it a lot. Wow, that was great. I had such a good time at that movie. Did you see it in IMAX? I, I rarely go to IMAX. Yeah. IMAX just, it's bigger, but... It's louder. <laughs> yeah, it's really loud and yeah. it's big. And it's just, I mean, a lot of times it's like, okay, wow, it's bigger. But right. it's not like in much clearer... To me, it just... 
IMAX doesn't impress me all that much, it, I guess. It typically doesn't, but for this movie, we kind of um, splurged and did the IMAX 3D. Oh, okay. And uh, I, I got to say it was worth it. A movie like this that's so epic, you know, huge robots and big monsters. I can't believe this movie didn't do that well in the theater because, man, wow, I enjoyed every minute of that movie. I mean, there was a couple of characters that seemed a little stock. Like, like the main character? He was so vanilla. All the supporting characters were way, way more interesting. Oh, yeah. Ron Perlman was one, probably one of the most interesting characters <laughs> in the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, the two guys, the two scientists, one of them was a guy from Torchwood, which is a BBC show. I, oh, I've really? I've yeah. never seen it. But okay. The really, the super, the, the, the geeky math guy was from Torchwood. The, the English guy? Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, just... I, mean, I loved it. I loved every minute of that movie. Yeah, it was movie. fun. The different robots. Uh, every country had their own. Uh, China, Russia. And you could see the differences the in States, there. Yeah, the and then they all fighting styles. Yeah. It was, I mean, just, I, I'm definitely, that's a that's a DVD purchase the day it comes out. Yeah, it was a me. lot of fun. Yeah. A lot of fun. So, and the different uh, the kaijus, the, the different monsters that, that would come through. The one that, well, I want to say anything, but there's one scene where he cuts the tail off the right. one and it like kind of morphs into something else. Yeah. No, yeah, that was, was really cool. Yeah, that was cool. It was so much fun. Um, I see that you were watching Sharknado. Well, I haven't watched it yet, so you know what it is. Yes. <laughs> Have you seen it? No. So, I was at Pacific Rim what, the night it premiered, and I was looking at my Twitter as yeah. I'm waiting for the movie to start, and people like Patton Oswalt and other people were like live-tweeting watching it, and I'm like, oh, I'm missing this. <laughs> it is on my DVR. We are going to watch it. My wife my channel, it's, I swear to God, it's like they will put out any... Crap! Now I like Sci-Fi Channel, but it was like the giant shark versus monster squid. Yeah, right, it's right. Just like Mansquito, that's yeah. another one. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's just garbage. It's, it's so much. But crap. it's like it's like over the top pulp kind of sci-fi. I think I honestly think that they're the people. It's like not not stupid enough. Send it back. It's just right because the only reason. I mean, if it was just like you know. Monster Shark, well, nobody's going to watch that. We've all seen Monster Right. But Sharknado, well, that sounds so stupid. I have to watch and see what it is. <laughs> it's just that's, fun to say. That's Sharknado. <laughs> but that's got to be, I mean, that's, I, seriously, that's got to be their marketing department. If it's not dumb enough, send, send it, it back. back. Yeah. I mean, well, it's, it, they definitely hit on the dumb part. And, you know, th- this movie, I think, has been, had so much buzz that they re- they're going to release it in theaters. No. Yeah. For a single showing. And like oh the, okay well I've, yeah, they, yeah. They, they do that that fan yeah I've seen that with the single showing things I've actually heard they've greenlit Sharknado too ooh nice because it had enough viewers so there you go watch that now Tara Reid's career is taking off oh, again great. all over again uh, oh I did also see the Wolverine oh how was that uh, I enjoyed it uh, you have to get past the fact that it totally diverges from the comic book oh, um, I, I never read the comic book okay so not yeah. A um, also, is, is that the one that takes place in Japan? Yes, the whole time. Okay, that's cool. Some very cool stuff, cool ninja stuff. Yeah. Um, if you like Wolverine, I mean, it's it's Wolverine. You know, he's cool and he's he does cool, cool stuff. Um, the actual the preview was a little misleading because I sat there and went, wait, he willingly gave up his powers because you watch the preview and that looks like what he you know is what, that what happens? happens. Okay, not exactly. It. So they oh. actually the one thing that I was really annoyed about in the preview they did it didn't actually do. Huh. Other than that, it was, uh, like I said, if you like Wolverine, I think this one was better than the first Wolverine solo picture. Which I thought was okay. But exactly. It was yeah. okay. Like, I wasn't really, I didn't, I wasn't even going to go see it, but a bunch of my friends like, we're all going at midnight, you're coming with. I said, okay, I'll go. Yeah, that was all right. And I really enjoyed it. It was good. So, Interesting. Cool. 
All right. So you told me last episode that I have to start watching Breaking Bad. Yes. You're doing yourself a disservice if you don't watch okay. it. Okay. So on the 26th of July, mm-hmm. I watched just the first episode. And I really liked it. I'm like, okay, Chris is right. This is pretty good. This is something I can get into. I've heard it was good. It won all sorts of awards. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Between, I left on vacation for the 27th. Okay, so that's, let's see, 7, 8, 9, 10. It, it's been 11 days. Right. I'm on episode 43. <laughs> so four episodes a day on average. Uh, uh, yeah, about. Uh, now, granted, I was on vacation, and so sure. uh, what would happen, everyone would go to bed. We had a cabin. There wasn't much to do. Once it got dark, everyone mm-hmm. was done you know, with the fire pit and stuff yeah, like yeah. that. So everyone goes to bed. I pull out my iPad, Netflix streaming, pull out the campaign stuff, start working on the campaign and watching mm-hmm. Breaking Bad. I've got uh, what, 11 or 12 episodes left, and I'll be caught up for the right in time for the last season. So what do you think? I watched 43 episodes in 10 days. What do you think? I, I think, think you liked it. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a really good show. Uh, it's, yeah, it's amazing, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the characters are so dynamic, okay? And I don't I mean, we're spending way too much time on this type of stuff, non-hobby stuff, but the main characters, yeah, you know, Walt and Jesse, mm-hmm. I was telling you this yesterday. You watch the beginning, you're really sympathetic. You're like, oh, Walt, he's such a good guy. I really like him. And then he does something so incredibly either stupid or just kind of mean. Cold-hearted, right? Yeah, and you're just like, oh, wow, I kind of hate you. Well, he does it uh, for his family. Right. Ultimately, he, that's what he's doing it for. Yeah, but there are times when he it's like, wow, you know what? Even though you're doing this for your family, you could probably go with the flow a little more. There's times he does stuff that is just, like, especially with Jesse. Like, Jesse right. gets him in all, and he's so mean to him. And you're like... Dude, you know, please reach out. Don't don't be mm-hmm. so uncaring. But he just doesn't. And so it's like they're not they're not these characters that oh I just I love him and I hate him. There's aspects come up that I hate about right. the characters. It's a love hate relationship with all the characters. Right? Yeah, I mean you're watching those parts with his partner Jesse, and it's like you're watching him. And you're going, man, you're so stupid. You deserve everything that happens to you. And now it's like he would like you feel bad for him. You really like the characters. Yeah. I mean, there's. Right now, there is one character on the show that I think is completely useless, and one character on the show that just is irritating, and everyone else is just fantastic. Useless uh, is Murray, or is that the irritating <laughs> one? No, useless is, yeah, I think, it's, there's, that, there's a character that just goes nowhere. I mean, yeah. you know, but, um, I mean, all the characters, like, especially the, these different, you know, it seems like every time they get out of a problem, two more uh, occur. Two more occur, right? And one step forward, three steps back. It's it is. It's so. It's such a good show. Yeah. It's it's fantastic. And thank you for just being like insisting. I'm I'm just glad that uh, you got on board. No, just yeah. time for the final, you know, six I will, episodes or whatever. I it is. will miss the I will miss the first episode of the last season. I'm going to have to DVR it because mm-hmm. I there's no way I'm going to watch twelve episodes in the next three days. Right. Yeah. Although I'm going to try. <laughs> Do what you can. Because it's that good. It is so. Yeah, it is good stuff. That's almost all I've been watching, except for the last half of the last season of Doctor Who, because I finally got it from my brother-in-law, because they missed it when it was on Uh, BBC, so that too. I'll have to give that show another try. The few episodes I've seen just didn't do it for me. It's it's a bit of an acquired taste, and you got to give it a little time to grow on you. That's that's part of it. You that's kinda, the thing. I don't know if I can devote that time to let it grow. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if, it doesn't, if it doesn't hook me in the first three episodes, I'd say. Yeah, I'd say. I would say a whole season. 
I both. Well, Harrison I mean, say you can give it a whole season. Uh, the first season is like twelve episodes, but it's like the, the thing is, each story is its own story, but there's a bigger arc there, and it's that bigger arc is the thing that really grabs you. Um, I didn't need twelve episodes. Yeah, but I, I'd say I was I was I was really enjoying it after about four or five. By the end of that first season, I was hooked. So that's just me, but okay. that's nah, that's my thing. So, all right, let's go on a break, and when we come back, we can talk about our game a little bit. Sounds good. Right, folks, Chaos Orc Superstore, your one-stop shop for all your hobby gaming needs. They've not only got current and classic GW releases, Chess X Dice, and Vallejo Paints, but now they're also carrying Mantic, Infinity, Flames of War, Privateer Press, Soda Pop, Dark Age, and other assorted boarded miniature-based games. They usually ship within 24 hours, and the model in the picture is the model they ship to you, because at Chaos Orc Superstore, what you see is what you get. Chaos Orc Superstore. Hey folks, it's Dave, and I wanted to talk to you for a minute about Battle Foam. You've all heard me talk about it before. The foam is firm, it doesn't separate from the base, they custom cut, design, make any piece of foam you want to fit any model you want. Anytime a new army comes out, within days, you've got Battle Foam cut designed to fit those models. This isn't a game company making cases on the side. This is a carrying case company making foam and custom carrying cases to protect your army. It's what they do. It's all they do. Check it out at BattleFoam.com. Battle Foam, protecting your army. Here we are. We are back. <laughs> uh, oh, a couple of quick shout-outs to a couple of things since we always do back, back, back. Is I've been, um, Dwellers Below has been putting out a couple of good episodes. But, uh, you know, Wadcast is back. Oh, yeah. Joe's Joe's putting out uh, sporadically mm. some episodes. Um, if you've liked it in the past, give it a shot. Joe, um, it's funny. Before Joe quit, you could kind of tell he was kind of. I know he even said he was like running out of topics. He'd been doing it for a, a while, bit, sure. And uh, he started just started doing like other things, talking about other gaming he's doing and stuff like this. And so now he's coming back with this sort of sporadic, and he's basically doing. They're like, doing a lot of campaign. Play, it's aren't campaign they? stuff. Yeah. He's basically taking the old campaign stuff mm-hmm. and seeing how well he can convert it to eighth edition and then play it. Yeah. So if you give the show a listen, um, there's a lot of campaign and gaming talk, and it's it's really interesting because he's not just it's not just Mighty Empires, it's not just that, it's not just, he's taking old stuff and seeing how how it he translates, convert, how how he can yeah. How, well, there's, how a, he there's a wealth of publications out there, old, you know, old generals compendiums and you know, annuals and stuff. You know, Grant gave me a, his 
he had like two copies of the General's Compendium. I think he gave me one. Oh, that's like a good about book. two years ago as a gift. Just like here, take this. I think yeah, that's like that's a good book because there's campaign stuff, there's it's hobby stuff. Amazing. In there. I yeah. never. I kind of leafed through it, and I was like, okay. I brought it with on vacation. When I was doing the campaign stuff. I was there going through it, and I was like, oh my god. Now. Some of the scenarios, a lot of the stuff is obviously set up for like sixth edition or whatever fifth it was, and sixth yeah. edition, whatever. Um, and I just don't have the patience to try to translate that stuff over, which is what made me think of Joe because that's what he's mm. doing. Hmm. There is so much in that book. That book is like gold. It's like, inspirational. It is right? amazing. Yeah, I was looking through, going, "Oh my god, wow. this is so cool!" Uh, just some of the neat things they used to be able to do, like some of the little mm-hmm. campaigns. I was looking at, going, "Oh wow, that would be so much fun!" I mean. Yeah. I wish I had gotten into this hobby earlier, years earlier. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but so we had a game last night. We did. Night. We, we changed it up a little bit. Instead of Orcs and Goblins versus Vampire Counts, it was, it was High Elves versus Vampire Counts. I am still O and whatever against New High Elves. O and how many? Uh, three or four. Me, Ryan... Harrison, Harrison also. Okay, yeah, I can't. I can't seem to. What, what, what do you find? These are all using your VC. I take it. Yeah, I'm just so using VC. What's the hardest um, well, thing to get over? First of all, that Frostheart Phoenix. I haven't killed one yet. I just. I haven't. I haven't killed one yet. It is just. Well, I, I don't know if VC have really a lot of tools to deal with it. I mean, I suppose you could use your Terror Guy Scream. Yeah, and I don't and I don't use one. I mean, I'm, well, I'm certain there are tools to deal with it, but my play style, the way I play the game, with what I use, right? I haven't beat tiles yet. I think they're pretty good. I mean, it's plus, you know, it's like they've got the always strikes first. They've got the ton of attacks, mm. so it's hard for me to even regrow fast enough with uh, the amount. Right, right. You know, when you're rerolling it's, it's to, the, the high damage output that you can't absorb, rerolling to hit on threes, I right. can't take that many. I can't mm-hmm. take it that much. And then even my, my vampire builds, a lot of it's dependent on the quick blood because... Re-roll as, hit, yeah. my, Dude, my dice go hot and cold. And last Yours night... Yours got really cold. Yeah. And if, with, with no re-rolls, you know, I give them yeah. quick blood. All that does is cancel out each other's... I think you had five or six attacks, and at one time I think you only hit with one. Yeah. One hit, and then yeah. I got a wound, and then I rolled to hit because I had the red fury. Oh, that one missed. Right. Son of a... Yeah. You know, I mean, it's... it's it, it's nice to have those rerolls, huh? <laughs> Little insurance. It's just, you know, I don't know. I've just I've had a lot of trouble with it. But that's neither here nor there. Our game last, well, as, as you guys can tell, I lost last <laughs> night since I still haven't won a game. Now we, you played a different list. I, I well, yeah. well, so before we go into that, yeah. it was a three thousand point practice game for Screw City GT, which is coming right. up in uh, October. Right, and you get three thousand points plus you get a free one hundred and thirty point hero, which we didn't do. I did. Oh, you did? I told you I did. Oh, you said we didn't. You said we weren't going to do that because I texted you. We, I didn't know how Alex meant what oh, I, he was oh, intending I you for said, the rules. Oh, I thought you said you weren't going to – I thought that was we weren't going to do any of the scenarios or campaign oh, stuff. Oh, I thought you meant we weren't going to do the heroes. No, that's why I told you. I had the oh. I had the white king on a horse. I said he's 114 points. He's not on my list. I wrote him down because I – Oh, so I, I missed that. I didn't know I that's what you meant. Yeah, because I couldn't – because if I tried to add him in with the uh, – on Army Builder – It would have been over. That's a rules break. Okay. So. But it was just he, he, honestly he didn't come into play, so it doesn't right. really matter. Okay. But um, well, so for the listeners, you get a hundred thirty point hero. I think he's going to have it where you have to have, you know get that hero onto the other side of the board or claim some objective with him or something like that. He hasn't released those scenarios, so I don't know. Right. Um. So that's so we. Well, I guess you had the hero. I didn't, but. Uh, but uh, your list is typically the hordes of gu- the horde of ghouls and the horde of graveguard, 
maybe some monstrous uh, infantry, but your your list the, was a little zombies. bit different. Yeah. Well, you know what I said. We're just going to play. I don't usually write three thousand point lists. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote up two lists. <laughs> yeah. And they were both just lists that I that I would never take because I just wanted to say you know if we're going to get together and play a, a game for this much. So I wrote up one, the one I didn't play, and I couldn't decide. You actually just finally said, roll a dice and let's play. Right. Uh, but I had the the list with the tooled-out vampire on the coven throne. That's a brave choice. He was a 739-point thing at the end. I yeah. still think he would have been fun. He might have done okay. For our game, that would have been usable, I think. But mm-hmm. you know, in, taking it to a tournament would be gutsy. Well, I took one to a tournament already. I took it to Blood yeah, the Sun. Yeah, but, true. Uh, uh, and I also had a mortise engine in there, which I haven't taken a mortise engine in forever. I know you like that thing. I do love it. It's just it's it's a fun fluff piece, you know. Um, but the, I actually took my other list, which um, and I think the problem with this list is I took my original list, mm-hmm. my normal twenty four hundred point list, and then just started changing up things. Sure, you know, just adding more oh, okay. stuff. Um, you didn't build a list from the ground up, right? Um, but I took the the night. Bus with five characters in it, and how many black knights? Fifteen. So twenty night, twenty mounted models yeah. in that unit. Yeah, that was scary to see. You, yeah, I wound up walking away with only you killed one model in the last round, and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, that was you know that well, last turn. Well, I have to correct you there. At one point, I shot it with a bolt thrower through the <laughs> flank. <laughs> it was killed. the best shot I ever with a war machine I've ever had. You killed five knights. Yep. And, but I got and off, what'd you do? I got off an invocation. Uh, uh, yeah, an invocation. And grew them all right back. Well, you, one plus your wizard level, so five. I, I, you killed five, I can grow five on a that shot. That so. sucks. <laughs> you were so... I remember you looked at me like, wait, they all come back? And, I just, the, and you're like, that was the most disheartening thing. Yeah, talk about a morale killer. Uh, but, I mean, in, that was the only unit left on the board at the end of the game well, on yeah, my side. So, you know, knowing that that was your list, my my list was had a cavalry bus too, nowhere uh-huh. near as big. It was ten dragon princes with three characters. Now you go four wide, and I do. That's interesting because you're willing to give up the rank bonuses. Here, here's why. So the not to give away all my secrets, but uh, the 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 level four is in that unit along with uh, the general, a fighty lord, and the, a fighty BSB. Okay. So I don't have a champion, but I have a musician and a banner. So the musician and the banner go in the front, along with the lord and the BSB. And oh, the, you the would wizard. need another character to guarantee he stays in the back rank. Correct, which I don't have the points for. Okay. Uh, although, you know, with the extra 130 points, maybe I could finagle a, that in just there. Just get a cheap guy in there. Yeah. He, he'd have to be tooled up for defense. Yeah. But uh, the way it stands now, uh, the wizard goes in the second rank, so he stays out of harm's way. Right. That's what I had. I had five characters, Correct. and right. I had I actually had a full command... Yeah, and uh, the necromancer, the vampire lord, mm. two v- hero vamps, and that free. Actually, the Alex has stated that that character cannot be mounted. He has to be on foot. Oh, okay. Well, I yeah. like I said, we were just we were screwing yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a practice game. So. Yeah. So, it, I, so I, couldn't, is, I couldn't. Even if add I that to the even bus. if I didn't have him, he could still be in there. Mm-hmm. I, I could still keep him in the back because I had three vampires in and, the front. Yeah, and, and then the, the musician. Uh, champion? Yeah, the musician and the champion. Oh, I had the banner. I had full command. So if you kill right. the champion, I just move the musician to the front rank. Sure, instead of right. The, yeah, but as long as you've got that, yeah. So, yeah. 
So we were playing Cav Bus against Cav Bus. I think if our buses had met, I think you'd win. You'd grind that out over time. I set up stupid. Um, I got afraid because when we placed in the beginning, right in the center of my deployment zone was a forest, and it turned out to be the blood forest. Mm-hmm. And I just have really bad luck with stuff, like anything that's... The, the, it, sure. Every time I start off my cav or something like that in the first plus, I I just have bad luck with cav in general. Well, I uh, think so. I think you've got to learn to play them. I mean, right. you don't you don't, use I don't plan that up. So. Yeah, it's totally so different. Build. I didn't want to place them there, and I you know you're going to get first turn, and you get magic off on them, then they get more hits. And so I, so if they get hit by magic, they take d6 strength four hits, and then the force moves two d6 inches. Right. And here's the thing: I've taken strength four hits before, and then I need a three plus, and I've rolled it. And rolled for all the you know one of those spells where yeah. rolled for all the models in the unit and lost half the unit. Yeah, but in this case you're only taking D six strength four. Yeah, and if it winds up being six, and then I roll poorly and I roll all ones and twos. Yeah, but how many times I roll all ones and twos to hit with five attacks from my vampire? I understand night? that, but I just, just like the bolt thrower situation, you can grow them back so easily. True. I just and I should have put it in there. You're right. You were a hundred percent right. Um, there was a there was a building sort of center of the board, but off uh-huh. to the off to you know off center, right? And you had put your cav bus sort of right there, right? And I had a spot I could go, I'll be right against building. you, yeah. But the building would have been around us, and I was like, well, I'm going to go one way, he's going to go the other. Mm. Um, I can only go one way because of the way my units are set up. I sh- right. I should have gone ag- right of, of, against you, and then kind of seen where you went and tried to go around right, it, right? Yeah. But instead, I just put it way off on the other. St- like you were on the left, my left flank, and I, my guys were on the right flank. It was like a, big, a huge yin yang. Yeah, right. My point was, I was just playing. I'll just rush forward, bank, mm-hmm. bank left, and charge toward them. Mm-hmm. But you managed to keep them away the whole game. Like, well, I, I was, you know, my plan was to rush forward as well. I think in that uh, game plan on paper, I have a little bit of the advantage because I have the mobile units that can get in your way. That right. they're fast. They can yep. march regardless of where I am by the general. Where yours can't. I got into one combat with that unit. I killed an eagle with your. your uh, no, with that's not bus. true. You killed a noble too. Well, with the I bus. mean, that was that. That was on the last turn, right? On turn five, <laughs> right? I was getting ready to charge your bus, and I had it all lined up. And you're like, "I'm going to charge my noble or move my noble out of the unit." And so you sacrificed one elf character to keep me from ever getting into a real combat. Well, I, I can't. If that bus ever gets into a combat that I don't want. If oh. you get it into a combat that you want, right. that's bad for me. I will lose that game at oh, that point. I had enough attacks. And plus, like I said, I didn't even think I needed necessarily to bring forward all my... To make way with all the characters. So let's say your your bus hits something juicy. Mm-hmm. Let's, say, like, let's say my block of Spear Elves. Okay. What are we looking at in terms of attack, like damage output? Oh, it was pretty brutal. I mean, I got a Lord with Quick quick Blood and Red Fury. I have two Vampire Heroes with Quick Blood. Are they, They're all Strength Not, 5? Uh... Yeah, they're all strength five, except for the vampire lord has the ogre blade. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So he strength six, strength seven. No, seven. Yeah, um, and then I've got my the if if I don't even make way with them, I've got the black knights who have killing blow strength strength four, but the seven? lances so strength six, strength, strength six, six on, the, on charge. the charge with killing blow. So I mean, and it's, the, the steeds are strength four, or are they strength three? I think they're strength three. Okay. Um, it's those nightmares that are the strength oh, right, four. Right, right, right. Oh, that's which, a, which are vampires are writing. I think the vampires are writing them. Yes, yeah, so yeah. maybe those are strength four. Uh, the other thing that I did, which I totally never do, was I brought uh, Vargolf and uh, and the uh, black coach. Yeah, I got to tell you, that black coach is rough. 
I love it. I don't know why everybody says it sucks. A three-up armor and a four-up ward, it's, and it yeah, just so keeps getting better. Kill. So in, in our game, so I, I'm going to try. I took a lot of pictures. I'm going to try to do a video uh, battle report on YouTube. Okay. Well, you know, we'll see how that comes together, so you guys can see right. uh, the pictures uh, and kind of see how the game unfolds. But basically, I moved the, the dragon princess up, and you charged it with the black coach. Yeah. And I knew that was going to hurt. Stupid. Why? I mean, I had to to slow him down because as soon as the black clo- coach charges up to level three, but it never got there. But the thing is, right. you you charged in, you you killed I think three knights on the charge, but you held that bus up for what, two three, full turns. Was it two? It seemed like longer than that. It was only two turns. It was four rounds of combat, two turns. Yeah, so two turns. So I was expecting to pop that thing after the first round just to kill it with my. You know, Giant Blade Wheeling General, the Ogre Blade Wheeling BSB. The three up, four up is not bad. Yeah, it's it, toughness six. Yeah. <laughs> so that thing was tough. It took forever to strip off those four wounds. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a, I love it. It's awesome. It does it does it does what it says yeah. on the box. It gets in there and it starts chopping it's stuff the, up. The, the the guy riding it's got what three attacks at strength five. Three attacks at strength five. It's a great weapon. So he strikes last. Right. And then you've got the uh, the two the two nightmares are strength four. And I think those nightmares managed to kill a, a dragon prince at one yep. point. Um, it it the impact hits. Yeah. You know, um, I got off. I managed to get the first level, so I got the scythed wheels on the first. Mm, which and you rolled what a six on the impact I, yes, hits? Yes, I got seven Jeez. impact hits. So I mean, it's it, it's fun. It's really it, there's a lot of fun stuff. The Vargolf. I've still never. I don't think I've ever actually gotten a Vargolf into combat because everybody sees it and goes, "Kill it!" Well, kill you it have fast, to. It's such it a it's such a good fighter, you know, for its points. Yeah, I never got. <laughs> I think you should try feeling them in pairs and put both of them on a flank. Two Vargolfs. Yeah. Yeah, I may have. To, I, I was thinking about picking up another one, so maybe I, I will. I'll try it. I mean, they're 175 points. <laughs> um, I think the best thing about them is they're a monster, so they got the thunder stomp, and they're on a 50 mil base, so they're, yeah. you know, they're they don't take up a lot of real estate right. for what they do. And they're vampiric, so they can march. That was beautiful. I didn't have to keep them near my mm-hmm. general. I can just move them. Yep. But all in all, uh, you had the three bolt throwers, which. They didn't do much. I think they took out a uh, unit they of wolves. They took out the Vargulf. No, the, the Dragon Mage took out the Vargulf. Did he? With, with the Fireball? The 3D6 oh, Fireball? Oh, that's right, the Fireball. Yeah. That's right, that's right. Oh, that's right, because you did the, uh, you did the uh, spray of shots, and you didn't do a lot of hits, no. and I managed to regen those. But then you did the same spray of bolts onto the dogs and hit with and all of them. them out, yeah. Just boom, there goes well, the dogs. Toughness 3 with no regen is a different story versus Toughness 5 with right. regen. But it was just, I mean, you rolled and you hit with all of them. Mm. And then you wounded with all, all of, them. of them. Right. I, I, that was, I, was I mean, like, six shots, six hits, six wounds. I was like, well, damn, take yeah, it off. I, I was <laughs> expecting to take, you know, two, maybe three off. And then you charge in. And then my crew, I was hoping, would be able to handle it from there. Right. I didn't, you know, who knew that they, all six would go up. But um, it was but, a fun game. So what are your thoughts on the Cav bus list? This is a list that was inspired by Brosca. Yeah. I, yeah. Over at Skull Bros, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I, I just don't do well with Cav. Well, it's such a different play style. It is. And, it's, and my problem is, once again, I built the same list, a lot of the same list that I normally build, putting all the characters in the bus, and the bus is driving around. Right. It's not getting any sort of regrowth. So my other units were just taking a beating, mm. and I couldn't do anything couldn't about it. Yeah. And then you were blocking up the unit, so I couldn't even – because at one point I, got, I was able to – 
I did a, you know, I was able to re- mm-hmm. reform, and you're like, why are you going over there? And I'm like, running for it. I'm Van Helsing for it. You're right. like, where are you going? I'm like, <laughs> I have to get off an invocation and keep these units alive. Hey, I didn't get that. I didn't understand at the because time, but now, now it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, it la- I mean, it helped them last another round of combat, sure, which right. I needed them to do, but that was the problem with my list. It was, I mm-hmm. built two different lists, basically, and jammed them together. I, I think with that Cav bus, uh, you, you're counting on not regrowing your own stuff. But getting in and doing damage to the other guy as soon as possible. Oh, and and regrowing just the bus. Right, correct. Yeah, All the know, other stuff is just getting in the way of stuff has, you don't want to fight yet. Exactly. I need a lot of chaff, and that's not what I had. I didn't. I mean, even though I had a lot, I mm. you finished. I'm like, I got four drops left. You're like, what? Yeah, I thought I had a lot. Which you had a ton, but um, but I I do like that play style, like the where you you pick where your your cavalry bus is going to go. And then you move it up real far, 18 inches or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and force the action on turn two. I, I like that style play. It's a very fun game. There was some fun stuff going on there, too, in turn one because yeah. you were like, I was playing this, and it was like I, I moved everything forward, and I threw a decent Van Hells, and you just and you're, and you managed to roll. Did, did you roll or did you dispel that? Something happened. You got rid of that. I, 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 had one, I had one die left. I think you oh, had no. your bound item. Well, that's what happened. Well, no, I threw the regular Van Hells. And yep. I threw a pretty high number, and you threw it, and you and you st- you managed yep. to stop. I was like, "Damn it!" And you had one die left, and I had two, and I'm like, "Okay, I'm gonna Van Hell." I think you rolled a seven. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I had a little seven on two dice. I'm like, "I got this." Yeah, and then you, I was like, "Oh, you stopped it." Seriously, we discussed that had because you just stopped both of right. them, like right. you got the exact roll. Had I gotten both Van Hells off with the Book of Archon and the Van Hells, I just kind of I pointed out like where what I was doing. That's sixteen inches then that, that you was would an have, extra uh, sixteen yeah. inches. I was all because you had all that tough stuff on the flank. Mm-hmm. If that would have worked, zombies, dogs, spirit host, and bus was all in your backfield on your right, chaff. Right. That was I would have just uh, that would have been. Then it's a race. Then it's a different game. My bus is killing as much of, of your stuff, your chaff, uh-huh. while your bus is killing all my chaff. Yeah, Who'd kill more. Right. It point. was just. It was crazy. It was it was a lot of fun because there was a lot of stuff like that happening yeah, in the game. Yeah. Um, but all in all, it just came down to I just I I couldn't kill anything else. You well, killed. I think next time you if you play that bus, and I, I think Brasca plays it this way too. You, no matter what happens, you deploy that bus right in the middle, right. front and yeah. center. Yeah, that way you can turn it either way. Depending on where the action is, I made nothing but mistakes. I mean, I well, did. it's your first time playing that. It's it's essentially a brand new army for you. Yeah, it really was. I mean, I, I learned a lot playing it, and it's mm-hmm. cool. But I think the other thing is like, you need a lot more chaff. You need a lot more units of dogs just to throw at things. Mm-hmm. Um, I did take. I took this the bat swarms. Yeah, which came in helpful in one round. Right. You know because they they give you ASF. Oh, they give you ASL. I mean, I mean ASL. So I was which cancels my ASL. Right, and th- see, that was the whole plan. Was mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I'm ta- I'm going to face some high elves, take some of these bats, so that way my quick blood right. would get to work, and yours wouldn't. So I think in that case, you'd only need one unit of bats to support your your night bus. I had two because I figured they die quick, and neither no, of them died. Like, no, they, they're, they, they, they don't. They, they're hard to kill. They're five it, wounds a piece. Yet. You know, well, ten in combat, they're models. not that hard to well, kill. Well, no, but, but uh, by, the, by the time if you get them into combat, you should be throwing them into the flanks while your right. your, your bus is chopping things up. Right. That was and but, that uh, frost heart phoenix is brutal. It is brutal. It is pretty good. It's almost too good, and I say almost because I don't want to say it's too good. But 
giving me always strikes last and minus one strength. Mm. That's a nasty enough combination. Then you get on 11 out of 12 possible magic. You know, just, uh, what is it? It's um, something like. On, the, on one and two, you get uh, minus one strength. Or right, because you get one. the chart. So when you roll three wins of magic, minus there's, one a, save. there's a one in 12 chance that you get a bad. It, it'll result. happen. It'll happen. It hasn't happened against me yet. <laughs> it'll happen. And trust me. At times you don't need it to. That's where it'll pop up. You never need it to. But I'm just saying, I've played well, now I mean, with absolute the, worst the, times. I've played the three up. or four games, and I've never seen it get a bad stat. So it's getting ward save boosts or toughness boosts. Extra attack. Extra right. attack. And there I am trying to face it. And, I mean, I've never killed one. I've never. Dude, we rolled off last night. The game was pretty much over. We said, well, let's just see what happens. You, you, over, you killed my noble, overran into, with your bus mm-hmm. into the frost heart. And we rolled for all four characters. And I still didn't kill the damn thing. I think you, I got two wounds on two it. Two wounds on it. Out of and four. And it held on its break test. Yeah. And it just, it's just dumb. It's so good. <laughs> it is. It's so annoying. It is so annoying. It really was. It, it, it is good. It is good. But um, but that was a fun game. Yeah, and like I said, I'll, I'll I'll post. I'll try to get this YouTube battle report up there. You know, in some fashion, sure. relatively quickly. Hopefully, by the time this episode airs, and uh, yeah, we'll yeah. go from there. So that was our game. Yeah. Um, it was just like a friendly, fun game. Bring something that you normally don't bring. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I just that's I tried to play outside of my play style, and man, was it just it was fun, <laughs> and it was neat. I mean, there was some fun things. When I, I mean, at the end, what it, you had archers, reavers, and an eagle, all on my spirit host. Just oh, jeez, those freaking spirit hosts are the most annoying thing ever. In my, it's it's it, I take two in every. Can you take army. one? What? Can you take more than two? Well, I mean, I could. I you mean, it's, three. it's special. I could take three. Yeah. Okay. It, could you only take them as single bases? You can. Uh, it's minimum one. Minimum one. Yeah. I, but at forty-five points apiece, there's not much point to take more than one. Yeah, true. Because either you're going to kill it or you ain't. Right. You know, you could double down, I guess, just so that if you're losing by one, it mm-hmm. takes even longer. Spirit host size one to ten. Oh, jeez. So yeah, so ten spirit of four hundred and fifty <laughs> points. Four hundred and fifty points just, just to see what it will do. That's forty wounds. Forty wounds yeah. If you're relying only on magical weapons or magical attacks, that's I'll, gonna I'll be hard to next, through. next time I play your orcs, I'll take a <laughs> bus of them. Ink and heaven. If I know you're playing VC, you're probably not gonna see my orcs. <laughs> so I'm not gonna see the orcs. Or you might, but it's gonna be the gun line. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's okay. That can't hurt it anyway. I'll just run that up. Yeah, sure. Well, that's right next to the bus. Oh, that was the other funny thing too, is because I had the bus moving, so those characters like the spirit host that can move twelve and the dogs yeah. that can move nine, suddenly they were running alongside it, and the bus can move like fourteen. Right. So suddenly, you know, instead of just being in stuff that's all moving four, so ooh wow, if I'm near it, it can move eight. Mm. That stuff was flying up the side yeah, of the they, table. All of a like, sudden, hey! they get fast. Yeah. I was like, what's going on? This is weird. Mobile army for the VC. So, but it was a fun game. And I would, I mean, I'm, I love playing, once again, it was just, it was 3,000. We hadn't played 3,000 in a while. Yeah, something different. And, uh, yeah, I, I really like that high off list that I constructed. I think it would be a lot of fun. Yeah, they just, they have they have a lot of answers for what I what I like to play. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think if I played back in my, my normal type list, mm-hmm. Just more of the feet on the ground and lots of uh, lots of regrowth. Yeah, I think I can grind them down. Right, 
Um, but even then, like zombies ain't gonna kill no phoenix. <laughs> Grave no, guard, no, but you're gonna hold it there for a couple rounds. Yeah, and that's all I can do. That's my. That's that's what I have. That's the best I, I can hope for. I always feel like it's a mistake when I'm charging into zombies. <laughs> not not a mistake, but it's uh, it's something that I don't want you to do. But I know it's what you want me to do. It's a weird calculated risk because if you can get off a good amount of well, and because they die in droves, right? And you have to do enough damage to blow through that. You have in, the, I mean, in that round. Otherwise, yeah. you're going to regrow them. Yeah, you're almost never going to kill them all, but they crumble. That's the and key. It's like, if you can get enough to make them crumble, mm-hmm. then then it, you're out. Of, then I'm out. It, of then luck. it takes it out of your hands. Then right. right? Yeah. yeah, but that's the point is, usually by turn three, if I have any way halfway decent magic phases, they're 50 and 60 right. strong. Yeah. That's so much fun. That's You know what? Honestly, that I love that play style. I love just the idea of just keep killing it. They're just There's just more. Here, here come more. They don't have to be that great. Right. They just, you, they'll grind you slowly down. It's so much fun. Well, yeah, that's... That's VC for you in a nutshell. <laughs> All right. So, um, you know what? Why don't we take another little break so we can use the restroom and check out uh, Grant and, and Harrison's game. Yeah, how's that game another picture. And we'll, take, we'll come back and talk about the Warriors of the Northern Wastelands. Dave, I'm here to talk to you about Square Shooters at squareshooters.com. What's Square Shooters? It is the first deck of cards on dice. Nine dice, six sides. That's a full deck and two jokers. There are all sorts of ways you can use this dice. You can use it in place of cards. You can use it in conjunction with cards. You can put entirely new components together. You can even invent bolt-ons within an existing game where you had a little side game with the dice. Okay, so what's the point? What does this have to do with wargaming? Well... They're going to be running a contest later this year. If you are a creative game designer, you can submit it to the Square Shooters Game Design Forum at forum.squareshooters.com. Prize will include limited publishing for the grand prize winning title. So follow them on Facebook and Twitter for updates when the contest will begin and how to enter. That's squareshooters.com. Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to Garage Hammer. Episode 78, yo! <laughs> church, yo. <laughs> it is church, yo. It is church, yo. <laughs> oh, man. So, Warriors of the Northern Wastelands. Yes, so that is the title of the upcoming campaign. Which I thought was an apt title since almost everybody playing it is one of the Northern Wasteland Warriors. So... Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so um, so how many people are playing in this campaign? Well, I know six for certain, possibly seven. Is there room for more? Uh, I, if people wanted to, I'd let anybody play who was willing to play. I, I, I mean, if, if yeah. Sally Joe is in town, maybe he'll want to play. I'll, I'll, yeah, sure. Yeah, it's just you know you got to be you know, have a little flexibility with your time to be able to get some games in. Yeah, um, we're using two mighty empires boards. So that's uh, huge. Yeah, 
but that's kind of what I wanted to be able to do. I wanted people to be able to spread out because part of the point of this game, it's I, I really I wanted to step away from the Mighty Empires rules. We've played it three times. We've kind of gotten to learn it and know it mm-hmm. now. Um, heck, Harrison, after talking through with the last couple of campaigns when we were playing, dude, he was the kid with the system. He wasn't even necessarily winning all of his games heavy. But well, he, he was, had a mastery of the, the board, though, all the territories. Yeah, he had a mastery of the board. He had all the mines set up, so he was raking in gold. Yeah. He was buying extra points, and he was doing everything. He And I wanted it to be just sort of more centered on just I want you to be able to lose a bunch of your games and still possibly win the campaign. I kept hearing about that Throne of Skulls that GW has Mm -hmm. the sort of the hobby tournament where it's not about how much you win by but about all the aspects of it. Okay. So um, I I wanted it to basically be a little more centered on making it easier to do stuff on the board and making the board the most Sort of like the the more of the crux of whether or not you win the game, the battles and are are fun and obviously you want to play the battles right. and winning the battles. So then I actually had to go back and it was funny. Did you ever watch the Three Stooges? Sure. Remember the episode where they're the plumbers and Vaguely. Curly's in the bathtub and the the shower head is just spilling out water. So he it's spilling out water. So he grabs a piece of pipe. And attaches it to the end, (laughs) and then the water comes out that end, and he adds it again and adds it again. That's how I felt doing this. Because every time I said, oh, I want to do this, it's like, well, then – because it is. I wanted to shuff that, so then what's the point of the games? Okay, well, now I need to make the games – I wanted to add some strategic value there. So I start, okay, now this changes, that changes, this changes. And all the while, the original plan that I had for this was I wanted characters and units to be able to level up. Like when I used to play old role playing games. D and D, sure. Yeah. Hold on one second. I gotta say goodnight to my daughter here. So, so you're describing it. It for whatever reason, I keep on getting a mental image of the Settlers of Catan game board in my mind. A little bit. Yeah. Like a, yeah, a little bit. Um, well, here, kind of. Let's let's go through it. Um, you know, let's yeah. go through some of this, and we'll kind of now. Uh, first of all. And I'm going to ask you a couple of questions on your opinion here. Now, you've got the sheet in front of you, yep, and you'll notice yep. some of the parts are highlighted. Mm-hmm. Those are usually parts where either I have two options and I don't know which to choose, or, or it's I have, a work in progress. Yeah, so this sure. is sort of you know the beta test here, but uh, um, picture Mighty Empires. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the Mighty Empires board. But two of them. Two of them. So is it's, it, so it's one gigantic... Was it a, an octagon or something? I, I may make an octagon. I haven't quite decided on the or shape Or is it going to be two octagons that are joined? No, it's not going to be like a peanut. Okay. It'll be... I'm going to... I haven't decided on the shape I'm going to make it yet. It might just be a weird shape. Like, I'm just going to... Like an island, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I might make it an island, but it might be an oval. It might be a little more crescent-shaped. I'm just sure. It depends on how the tiles sort of lay out. shape like also one? <laughs> yeah, possibly. You know, I'm just... I mean, I'm not... I, I haven't set... You know, I'm going to... I'm going to make up the board so it's interesting, you know? Right. You know, I, it, not everything's going to be a perfect circle. Right. But, uh, so we're going to have the two boards, okay? Um, and this is, like I said, heavily modified Mighty Empires. Now, there's a couple of things that, while we're talking about that, I want people to, to think about. A, I stole from just about everything I could. You were I, inspired by. Yeah, I'm, well, I mean, I, stole is a harsh word, but I didn't want to reinvent the wheel. I'll tell you right now, um, and I forget who sent me some of these things, but I got one called a Draken, Draken Gold Isle or something like that. Never heard of that. 
their campaign was sort of uh, each round you start off with a smaller army. Like you start off with a 500-point army, and then you start adding to the army each turn. Oh, you, so you the grow army it over grows. Time, sure. And they had stuff about, uh, you know, building and, and losing uh, – you know, points and experience, sort of similar to what I had expressed. So they sent me theirs. Um, this Lustria campaign that Kenny Lull and these other guys yeah. had, um, I took that. Um, I took Blood in the Badlands. So you're kind of cherry-picking the best mechanics of each? Well, I basically, you know, anything that I had already wanted to do that they had done, if it worked, I took it, and if it needed a little tweak, I tweaked it. Okay. But... Once again, like, you know, the character injury list, the one from the Dragon Gold Isle was great. There was, I, I, and I, that's in here. Yeah. I tweaked one or two things and changed a couple of bits, and that was it. You know, that's all I needed to do. If a character gets injured, can he heal himself from that injury somehow? Uh, but we'll, we'll get to that. There's okay. all sorts of different things. Um that that are going to go on in the game because I really wanted this these these sort of characters and regiments to really drive the story. One of the things when we did Mighty Empires was excuse me it was you know you played the battles and whoever won or lost that was basically the story. Right. Here all sorts of my fear is that it can get way out of balance, <laughs> but hmm. that's kind of also the exciting part about it is that these games have a chance of getting just really off the wall. Um, well, that kind of fits in theme with the Warhammer world, right? Yeah. And not yeah. everything is necessarily fair. Right. And, I mean, literally, you know, you see those things where you see, like, in like in the beginning of Lord of the Rings where Sauron walks up and he swings that mace. And, yeah, and kills 20 guys at a time. Yeah, I yeah. mean, conceivably those types of things could happen in here, but then that makes for really some exciting stuff, too. So, I, I know you mentioned Storm of Magic might work its way into this? It definitely will. It de- okay. Um, do, do we need to have that book? Uh, I have the book. Um, so, if, and I I don't know if we'll need another copy. If we need another copy, I, I might either just, if, if people are enjoying it and they want to get their own copy, that's cool. And if not, I'll if I have to pick up a second copy, I might. Before I read Blood in the Badlands, what I wanted to do is I wanted to take some of the cool, big, you know, crazy stuff that's in the Storm of Magic mm-hmm. And I had ideas of using that as some of the focus of the campaign. And Blood in the Badlands already did it. <laughs> oh, they, they did. They took the coolest thing out of the uh, Storm of Magic, which is, um, you know, Fosric's Folding Fortress. Mm-hmm. They have Fosric's Flying Fastness, which is a giant floating wizard's tower. They had that as, the, like, one of the main prizes in the game. And it actually moves around on the board. Um, and so I basically took that and ran with that as my idea as well. So this fortress is moving around on the board every turn. If any army that's in combat is on the same spot as the fortress or, or the fastness or next to the fastness, that's a Storm of Magic game because it's so magically powerful. Ooh, it's it's a, with the it has a magic. massive impact on the game, though. Right. Okay. So, I mean, if you don't want to play Storm of Magic... Don't go near the Storm of Magic thing. The only thing is if the person you challenge is next to it, if someone's next to it, that's the game. Hmm. So, like, you could move next to it and then challenge somebody and kind of force them to play a Storm of Magic game. Right. Of course, if your opponents really loathe it, I, I think it's a cool thing. So I, I've never played it. I'd be willing to try it. So this is a great opportunity to do so. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's one of those things where I think the people who've played it and didn't like it tried to play regular Warhammer with just ramped up magic. Mm-hmm. And if you sit and read the Storm of Magic rules, the whole objective of the game is different. You have to come at it from a completely different right. perspective. If you do that, there it's, it's mm-hmm. fun. So, But let's go through this. Um, 
All right. Uh, before we even get started with the campaign, I've got some of the different rules, the things that are really different from Mighty Empires. Um, you're going to start with three armies. Okay. Three armies. All right. You're going to have your main warlord and his two lieutenants. They're going to be your generals, and they will always be your generals. Okay. Now, are those the warlord and the lieutenants, are they all lord level? No. Your warlord is a lord level. Your lieutenants have to be hero level. They're hero level. Okay. So your two, and they're going to be smaller armies. Okay, mm-hmm. and this is what I can't decide. I want to keep them about a twenty percent difference. I want to have your main army be one size and the smaller army be eighty percent. Okay, so I was thinking we could either run two thousand and sixteen hundred point armies or twenty five hundred and two thousand. I like the latter. Do you like the bigger armies? I do. Okay. Um, well, here's the thing: if the lore, if the general has to be a hero, then in those smaller armies, and this is what I was thinking. Uh, I was thinking that uh, in the smaller armies, no lord level characters. Oof. Well, because your heroes, I mean, your general of the army has to be this hero. So here's what I came up with, though. Okay. And I don't know how well this will work. Like I said, I'm throwing stuff out there. Because your lieutenant's armies can only have hero level characters, the army composition basically changed. The core, special, and rare percentages are the same, but heroes, I ramped up to 40%. So even huh. though you don't have any higher level characters, you can have, you can have more, more characters, um, and that way, that way, you know, you can you can field something. You can throw in a bunch of extra characters. Um, you're not limited to because if if there's no lords, then basically you get more points for heroes. Then right, right. because if you kept it to twenty five percent, like I know on a VC list, having only that many characters, to having being limited to twenty five percent. And only heroes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, I mean, I know a lot of times, I'm not the only one who plays more than, if you add up all your lords and heroes, I got more than 25% in lords and heroes. There, there are some armies, though, where if they're limited to a hero choice for a general, it's it's more detrimental to them versus other armies. Like, a VC general, I think, would be pretty good. A VC hero general, okay. but like a, a Tomb King hero general might not be. That's true. Or a goblin Hero general might not be as good as uh, a high elf hero general. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I did see, and this this is where it's good to come up for discussion. Yeah. Well, let's we'll come back to that. Yeah. But I wanted the lieutenants. I mean, I don't want them to be as powerful as the warlord. These are his. And right, here's so, the thing. Yeah. They're not necessarily supposed to be the main force. They're supposed to. So they're supporting forces. They're supporting forces. Exactly. So that's kind of why I had it that way. Um, And that actually made it for later when we come up to the challenges. uh, If there's warlords, if there are – if you're challenging and you have a warlord, um, you have to challenge another warlord first if there are any available. Okay. I mean, because you try to keep it that way. And also, if you play it that way, the person who has the smaller armies at a disadvantage, there's a definite disadvantage, but I've tried to write in some stuff to work for that. Okay. So we'll come back to that, I guess. Um, Creating characters. You have to create a warlord and two lieutenants. Now, I wanted, you know, I want you to give them names. I want you to give them stuff. Right. But I had this this idea originally, and we had when we first talked about it, I said, pick a character and pick a, a signature item. Something they would have that you would always field them with this item. That would be like their special thing that they take to battle. Let me ask you something. Special characters allowed in this or no? I haven't thought about special characters. Because you talk about signature items. Special characters are rife with signature items. Right. I was thinking more along the lines of you inventing a character 
and picking something out of either the army book or their army book or the big red book and say, I'm always going to use this. Now, initially, when we were just playing it around just like you, me, Grant, and Harrison, Mm -hmm. I was going to sort of surprise you guys and say, okay, you get to field this, and you don't have to pay for that item. So that way... that'd be cool. But but now that we're playing with a bunch of people, I had to put it up front. So here's what I had done, which was I said... uh, your Lord level character, your general, can take a magic item worth up to 75 points or a mount worth up to 300. Either or, but not both. Either or. But you know, here's the thing. That's your signature item. You can only have one signature item. So you can take an item or a mount as your signature oh, item. And that's a free item. It's free. I see. But he's always got it. Every game mm. he's got to have it. So if you decide I'm going to take a dragon, he's playing on a dragon every game. That's his thing. Mm-hmm. You know, this is right. your care. You know, think of it like in a movie, you know, or like, a you know, in a story. You know, that guy's always, you know, you know, uh, Aragorn has his sword. Right. And he doesn't fight with any other weapon. That's his, and it's got a name and everything. Atreyu has the flying dog. Well, there you go. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, Lieutenants, the hero level characters get a magic item worth up to thirty-five points, or amount up to worth two twenty-five. How, how come you didn't do the customary item for a lord up to a hundred, and the hero? Oh, it's a item. It's a item. Basically, this is your free item. But but still, the, the question stands: Why not a lord up to a hundred and a hero up to fifty? Because there are a hundred or fifty-point items available. I just I don't I just I I guess I was worried that that. I guess I cut it back because I was worried it might be too over the top. Because it's free? Yeah. You know, I, of course, if you, you know... But if, I, if it's free for everyone, that's the equalizer. That's true, but how many times have we sat there and said, wow, this is a cool 100-point item. This would be really cool to take. Yeah, but what else are you giving up? Now that you're not giving it up, I just... I was worried that everyone was just going to grab the big 100-point item, and I don't know. Well, but if it's... Okay, so it's free points-wise, but uh, they wouldn't be able to take anything else. Right? Because their magic allotment is taken. No. Or no. No. It's a free ah, I see. item. Free it's, in all regards. Yes. The only restriction I put on here was I said, uh, obviously you can't have two magic weapons or two magic armors. So if you pick a magic I- a weapon or magic mm. armor, it fills the slot, but not the points allotment. I see. I, see. Um, I actually considered saying that the magic, uh, the talismans and the arcane items would not even count as a slot. So if you were willing to take your signature item, if you wanted to take something like, oh, you know, I'm going to take this Book of Hoth, for example. Right. Arcane item. Yeah. Then you could still take another arcane item. Oof. That's... that's you think that's overpowered? I think... Because the arcane items are potentially... A lot of times, they're the most powerful things. Right. Well, I was I, I was actually, I wasn't thinking that big. And that's why I wanted to throw it past people who play other armies, right? Because I was thinking more along the lines of maybe he's always got the feedback scroll or something, or that, and then you could also take a dispel scroll. Uh, you know, yeah, right, yeah, I, I hear you. You know, it's just like I said, this is something that we have to kind of discuss. Sure, um, maybe we make it a hundred points, but it still fills the slot. You know, obviously, I think I think I agree with you. It should fill the slot, so that's going to get done. Okay. But. I mean, I don't know. Do you think we should go up to 100 points? Do you think people would just grab that, you know? Um, I, I've been thinking about it as we t- we've been talking, and there's, like, for example, in the Orc and Goblin book, there's the 100-point Battle Axe of the Last War. Right. Would I take it? I could. If I do, he's got no defense, and he's leaving himself wide open. But it doesn't count. That's the trade-off. So now he's, you can load up on... He's still got 100 points Amazing of, armor. Yeah. And then you get both. See so, the, yeah, that's what I would do. <laughs> well, see, but that's what I'm saying. And those 100-point items are, 
I mean, are they all the best thing? Not necessarily, but if it did, some of them are pretty tasty, though. That's I don't I I was worried that if I you know you take the thing of the last wall and you can still afford a, a you know a fifty point armor, armor of destiny yeah. and another fifty points of other stuff. Yeah. That might be too much. Then it be, then it goes way beyond hero hammer. Like, if, but if I limit it to seventy five, I th- I just just as curves I, that a little. Yeah, I, now that you explain it, I, I see the rationale. Right, yeah, because it makes it's more absolutely sense. free. Yeah. So, hmm. and then you get the characters. I was even worried that the mounts might be too many points to be able to spend on mounts. But if you really want to buy that mount as your thing, you have to take it every time. That might be fun, and it might be another reason. Oh wow, I can get a. You know, I can get a dragon for free or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I'm willing to take it if I'm not paying the points for it. So you're doing that to encourage people to choose things that you normally wouldn't. Yes. And to make it, like I said, make it fluffy. You know, yeah. write, write up something for your character. If you, if you, I want these characters to have names. I'm hoping people get into it and at least give them names oh, and I a know little I background. Yep. And if you can take a, a, a mount... You know, suddenly you've got a mount with a name, right. and he's riding with him too, and stuff like that. So that's that can be I really like cool. Yeah. Um, now, characters can level up. Okay. Yeah. Um, here's what happens. Um, how, how do they level up? Well, when you gain five experience points, you get to roll on the character advancement chart. And how do you gain experience points? Well, this is on page two. Gaining yep. experience points. Uh, if you if your general lives, he gets an experience point. He went to a war. He walked out of it. Hopefully, he learned something. He gains an experience point. Now, if it's a warlord versus a lieutenant battle, mm-hmm. which most of the time you can't, but there are situations where it will happen. Warlord kills a lieutenant. Obviously, it's a, it's a lord killing a hero level, but it's general v. general. So that's another two experience points. Does the actual general model actually have to physically kill the hero? Yes. It's not like his army has to defeat his. No, 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 no. They have the, to meet in combat or yes. magic or whatever. Yes. The general has to kill the, the... So if my general kills your general, he's going to earn points. That's basically how it works. So if it's the if it's the lord level versus a hero level, it's two points. Okay. If it's uh, equal lord versus lord or hero versus hero, it's three points. Mm-hmm. And if the lieutenant managed to kill the, the, you know, the hero mm-hmm. kills, the, then it's four experience points. So interesting, it, and that's on top of surviving the battle. So if you live, you get one. Question: Yeah, what happens if your, let's say, lieutenant's unit is in combat with the general opposing general's unit, mm-hmm. and the general's unit breaks and is run down? Does that count? I think so. Okay, that's a good question. I'm going to write that down. Actually, it's funny. I didn't print up the very first page of this, but I wrote an introductory page when I'm going to email it to everybody. Mm-hmm. And it actually says that. And at the very bottom, it says, by the way, this totally needs an errata and an FAQ. <laughs> right. So we need more of those. <laughs> well, but I mean, so that's a good question. So, uh, and I, what do you think? Why not? I, I would it? say yes, it would count. Because okay. he's leading his unit. Yeah. He's defeated the, you know, the other foe. And yeah, I would say that that. Lens the only experience. thing it doesn't is if your general's unit, like let's say, like last night we were playing, and so, you know, I have all my black knights and my generals in the unit, but my black knights all through all their attacks at your general because I got the killing blow and I kill him. No, yeah, you would because get then that's no, yeah, he didn't, right. then he didn't do it. But running him down, yeah, that'll count. Um, so conceivably, a if a if a hero level general kills the lord level general, that's five points right there, right. Um, so then you roll a 2d6, mm-hmm. 
and you either and the bonuses are either plus one attack, plus one strength, plus one weapon skill or ballistic skill. Um, mm-hmm. It's your choice unless one of is them is at their max. Then max you've got to choose time. the other. Yeah. Okay. So if you've got a weapon skill nine character and you give him one and you roll it up, you can get him ten. But after mm-hmm. that, once he's at ten, you have to give him the other one. I see. Um, a plus one initiative, plus one leadership. Plus one leadership is the only one that if it's at its max, you get to re-roll it. Okay. Because leaderships usually start off pretty high. Generally right. pretty high for general characters. Right. Um, then they're plus one toughness or plus one wound. So I noticed that. Uh, okay, yeah, makes sense. Well, so what were you going to? You notice? I was going to say that ten and eleven is, uh, you know, two spots for plus one toughness, but they're all. Uh, there's two. Most spots. of them are two spots. Yeah, it's initiative, leadership, and wounds mm-hmm. only have a single spot. The other ones are all double. Um, we could could change around which three only have one number. Like if we think that you know, oh, that. No, mm, uh, no, we don't have to do that. I would just. Yeah, I'm fine with it. Yeah, I mean, so, so basically, um, now if you're killed in battle, or you flee off the table, you have to roll on the injury chart. Even if you're killed in battle, yeah. If the general dies in battle, or if the general flees off the table, if the general is not on the table at the end of the game, you roll on this chart. You roll on this chart. Okay. Uh, it's a D36. So basically, you're rolling a D3 for your tens and a D6 for the for the ones place. Okay. See what I'm see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, right. Um. And a C thirty six. It's just you don't you never hear that, right? Um, and so there's all sorts of stuff that can happen to you. Um, I won't necessarily go through all these things. Well, let's let's can we look at some of the more interesting ones here? Sure. Now the first one, if you roll an eleven or a twelve, which is your lowest possible roll, yeah. so that's dead. Now what happens with dead? Now there's two things. There's two things I added in here. First of all, you re-roll this and ignore it. The, the the object of the game to get to the end game is to get to earn fifty magical relics, which you earn on the board. We'll get to that later. Okay. Well, well before you, we get to, before we continue, how many turns is this going to last until somebody gets fifty relics? Until they get fifty relics. Okay. Okay. I didn't set a turn limit on it because that that always you know what I'm saying. Especially when we've played before in the campaigns, that turn six. It's like you know it's all or nothing, so you right. do something different. Okay. Here, I want you to be playing this the game and filing the story. Um, basically, once one of the players gets thirty five relics, this roll this roll sticks. So it's not until you get later in the game. Okay. Basically, if your character dies, you can bring the same character type back with the exact same signature item. But basically, if he dies, you lose any experience you've earned up to that point. Oh, I see. I see. Well, can you bring a, uh, another lord on that's equipped differently? Does he have to be equipped exact the exact same? Uh, no. You, once he dies, you can make any lord okay. character you or want. I can, or I can make the same. Yeah. Okay. But I'm saying if you really like that and you like the signature item, you can just bring him back exactly the same. The only rule for your general is he has to be he, him in the, in the signature item. Every game you can equip him mm-hmm. however you want to equip You can equip him differently. But the signature item has to always be your choice. I see. Uh, there, there are some fun things on this chart, though. Everything ranging from dead to uh, leg wound. Ouch, a broken leg reduces your movement by one. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, and there's some things. I had arm wound. Roll a D6. On a one or two, you can't use two-handed weapons, paired <laughs> weapons, or a shield. On a three or four, you get no parry save. Oh, nice. And a five or six, it's a light wound, and you just lose one weapon skill for the next battle only. Okay. A lot of these things are permanent. But I didn't mind putting in some permanent hard-hitting things if you lose, because 
five experience is going to give you a stat boost. Mm. You know, so it's it, you know you might lose it here and gain it back somewhere else. Um, I like captured. Captured. Where's that one? Uh, number, if you roll a thirteen. Your general's been captured by the enemy. You may purchase his release for five relics, plus one for every level boost he has. Ooh, it could be expensive, though. If you choose not to, he's sold into slavery. And the capturing army sells him off for 2d6 relics. Hmm. So, they're, you know, so it, it, especially, uh, you know, if he's got, maybe it's going to cost you six, but you'd rather do that and give him six of yours if you're, if you're ahead, mm-hmm. and plus you want to keep his stats, rather than let him possibly roll up 12. <laughs> Interesting. So let's talk about units. Units can also level up. Units can also level up. That's true. Um, and what I did for this was, and this was I was worried that people would just keep nominating the same unit and just build it up into a powerhouse. Right. So I made, there's a lot of random in this. Um, taking my cue from the uh, Demons book. Um, you nominate three units at the end of every game. Three units that are not fleeing that have survived. Okay. They've Correct. got to have made it to the end of the game. You pick three, and then you roll you know, roll randomly to see which one gets it. So, you know, like a D3 or whatever. Um, and the unit that gets the bonus gets a renown point. Okay? Mm-hmm. Once a unit has two renown points, they roll on the renown chart, which will give them all sorts of bonuses. Okay. Um, every point of renown they earn after the second point is another roll. So you need two to get your first roll, and then every point after that you get another roll. All right. Well, once you roll one of these results, you can't roll that same result later. You can. Oh, you can double up then? Uh, on some of them. Uh, a lot of them, if you look on the chart, like if you look on uh, number uh, 25, it says Scaly Sin Skin 6 Plus, mm-hmm. and then there's a dash plus one, max four. Right, but some so, of them don't have that bonus. Some like, of them don't like have that. flight, for example. Yeah, if, if you, you already that, have that, you roll it again. You roll it again. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, every bonus that your unit earns makes them worth 10% more victory points to the enemy. So okay. if it's a 500-point unit and I kill it and it's got one bonus, it's worth 550. So That could get expensive fast. Well, it doesn't cost you. It still costs you the 500 to field. It's well, worth what I'm saying, if it, 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 they get a big target on their head. Of course they do. Right? The yeah. more experience they have. Well, they're legendary units. You either run the heck away from them because they're super powerful. Mm-hmm. Or if they got a bounty you, on their head to kill them. It, yeah, but you if you, yeah, but if you can take them down, you know, it's like when you see that thing coming, get it down, take mm-hmm. it down. Um, I basically went through the all the special rules and found as much as I could. Um, and this is another roll of D66. So you roll a, six, a D6 for the 10s right. and a D6 for the... I, I like that you're staying in the, the D6 realm. Right. I like that. Keeping it true. Um, Another question for you. Yeah, so, units can level up. Right, things like monsters, you know, single models uh-huh. count as units. Yeah. So you're, you know, if you've got a, a dragon or a troglodon mm-hmm. or a phoenix, mm-hmm. yeah, they can level up too. If you're, if let's say you have a dragon and you roll breath weapon, you already have it. So you, you already have it. So you else, roll something else. Now there's something that I didn't put on this chart, um, and that I realized I, I missed, and I got, I've got to have to find it, but. Um, one of the sections, I think it's the D, like the 41 to 46 here, there's going to be a secondary chart 
that I wrote up that's all stuff for like war machines and ballistic skill stuff. Oh, I've noticed there's not a lot of ballistic skill on here because not everybody can shoot. Right. But if you roll in the 40s, so this way if you want to try to nominate a war machine mm-hmm. and just hope that you roll something in the 40s, there's one that like a plus one ballistic skill. Mm. There's one that says um, you get move and fire. So if it has move or fire, this will replace it. So then you can actually move your cannons three inches and fire them and still. And fire. Huh. You know, um, just different things like that that I threw in for for the war machines hmm. just in case. I have it written down here somewhere, but there are just a couple of different bonuses that... Uh, would, would any of those be like a re-roll and misfire result on let's see, the I have, die? I have move and fire, and if you already have move and fire, I have march and fire. Hmm. Uh, quick to fire... Which removes slow to fire if you have it. Um, reroll scatter or artillery dice. Um, ignores cover. Ignores cover. Okay. <laughs> and uh, and the other one I had was volley fire. Uh, and then uh, plus volley. one ballistic skill. Well, that wouldn't apply to war machines, though. Would it? Um, no, that would. Uh, but I mean, you if you're You'd doing have to it, reroll it then. Right. Well, no. But, but if you have archers or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. But it was just all. It was all in under ballistic skill. So I threw that one I in see, there for the I archers. See. Yeah. So, but there's all sorts of things. Um, you, you, now, I did put stuff like I stomp was one of them, and then I realized, well, if I had a horde of grave guard that got stomped, that's ten stomps. That's a little stupid. So what I said is, if it's normal infantry, it's one stomp for every two models in the front rank rounded up. Hmm. So right. you can get. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but let's say you're ogres. goblins stomping. Well, yeah, but <laughs> right. once again, ten wide, ten stomps. Right. Well, no, it would be five, five stomps. stomps. Um, and if you were five wide, it's three stomps. Um, and then I have the plus one. So if you already have stomp, mm-hmm. now they get an extra stomp. Okay. Um, the one that I was kind of confused on, I originally had killing blow. And if you already have it, I had heroic killing blow. And I'm like, I'm wondering if maybe... Uh, instead of making it having it, if you already have killing blow, having it a killing blow at a plus one, killing blow on a five plus. So I'm kind of working. Mm. I'm, I'm worried. I don't want any of these to get too incredibly powerful. Yeah, killing blow is a tricky one because that is potentially powerful. You could take out someone's character like that, right? I mean, there's but there's units that have it, you know. So, well. I mean, there's some of the some stuff in here is really powerful, but like I said, that will that's the whole point, you right. know. Try to plus, entice you to roll in this chart, plus. You, you got to pick three units, then they got to get rolled. Now, if I've got one renowned point, I'm definitely going to nominate him next time. But if he doesn't get rolled again, mm-hmm. I mean, basically, it might take until your fourth round of playing for you to get anybody to level up. Because mm-hmm. I could pick a unit, and that one gets leveled up, so I include him next time, but something else gets. So I put both of them in, right. and then I roll the third one. So now I put all three of them in, and it takes until then to get a point. Now, once you do get one of these bonuses, you have to field that unit exactly at that size. Basically, whatever it was on your army list when they earned it, that's exactly how it gets fielded. Okay. We, we talked a little about this. Well, it's going to keep you from saying, I had a unit of 25 guys who got this coolest thing, so now I'm going to take 50 or 60 right, of them. I no, see. it okay. stays the same. Uh, they get a name. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. they earn a name. They get this. As they become more renowned. Yeah. If they're, once they're killed, that unit's gone. Uh, you could obviously, if you had a unit of 25 spearmen that became a legendary unit, you can field 25 spearmen the next game, but obviously they lose the name, they lose the bonus. Okay. Um, 
I'm trying to think of what else, if there's anything else I put in here that was cool, but not nothing really, nothing I can think of. Um, and then the last special rule, and then we'll get to some of the rules of the game, is magic banners. And I was thinking about this. Magic banners are, you know, in their essence, magical, but they themselves are magical. They don't... It's not like they're friends with their, you know, they're not attuned to their mm-hmm. particular race or their particular unit. It's like a lamp. Just yeah. you t- anyone can turn it on. Right. Now, you have to figure out how to turn it on. So, basically, if you capture a banner. Now, so, obviously, if you blow away the unit with, uh, you know, arrows, then you don't capture their banner. Mm-hmm. So, it's by the rule book. If you capture a banner by, you know, they, they break from combat, you capture the banner. Um, or you kill the BSB, you know, you get his banner. Mm-hmm. Um if it happens to be a magic banner and that unit survives to the end of the game, they can keep the banner. Um, now, you have to roll a dice, and I think I said you roll a dice, and on a four-up, you figure out how to actually activate the magic in it. Okay? Now, that would apply to units that normally can't take a magic banner? If you normally can't take even a banner, all of a sudden you, you can. You captured, you captured it. Something. It's yours. Hmm. You don't pay the points for it. Um, but you have a banner, hmm. and it's a magic banner. Now, once again, once your unit gets this, they are locked in at that size, at that exact whatever they are. When we start playing these games, are they, I'm assuming they're closed list games. Yes. Okay. But I'm, I'm, I'm assuming everyone playing is going to be honest, and if you capture a magic banner, say that's a magic banner. Right. Well, that's after the fact. But right. in the beginning, you don't know what unit no. has what. So no, you, you can't don't. orchestrate the matchups that you want to get. No, you Some can't, Uber. obviously. Right. Um, the other cool thing about it is you don't have to take it. I know I've got the screaming banner on this unit, and I kill your guy who has the flaming banner. I don't want the flaming banner. I got the screaming banner. Oh, I see. You know, so I could opt just to... I, you, you don't have to do this, mm-hmm. but you can try and keep it, which might be cool if suddenly... A, if you have a unit that doesn't... Like, my ghouls can't carry a banner. Now suddenly now they, come, they, now they got a banner. Whoa, they've got a banner. That's huge. That's huge. That is huge. Um, the other thing is, you know, suddenly you get a banner from a different army. Mm-hmm. You know, suddenly my... Uh, banner of the World Dragon for everyone. Uh, you know, it, you could. They could get it. Well, if, if, I, if I... Let's say if I, if I have the, the flaming banner and uh, they lose that banner to your unit of zombies... Right. Can I later employ that that same flaming banner on another unit? You mean can you can in, I, in the next game? Yeah, sure. Okay, because you're paying for it. That is the thing. I want it. It's a free oh, item. It's a free item for you. Ooh. Oh yeah. Can the, can an army have two of the same banner? Um, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I I would think my my instinct tells me there should only really be one. Of each, to the extent that we can control it. Fluff-wise, that seems to make the most sense. Okay, so... But, for, you, but you can't prevent two different players from purchasing the same one. Right. But only one should ever exist only in, ever in one the Only everyone in an army. And then there you go, though. If I've already... If I capture a banner that I've already got, I'll definitely roll to see if I can keep it. Mm-hmm. Just because then it's a free banner. Right. Then I don't have to pay for it later. But then, yeah, I can't have one flaming banner here and another flaming banner right, in another right, unit. Right. Um, I, I think that helps for for balance. Although mm-hmm. this game, I, this this has a potential of going way out of whack. With well, some, we just don't know. There's so many variables here. That's but that's. I want to see what happens. 
<laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I put this together and it's like, well, why not try that? And I guess that makes sense. You know, if you capture, I suppose if I had one in my army and you had one in your army and I captured yours, mm-hmm. technically, yes, I could have two then because I already had one. But right. they are supposed to be rare, so we'll keep to the one per army rule. Okay. It's enough of a bonus that you capture a 50-point banner, it's free. Right. I mean, some banners you won't even want. If you capture my banner of the Barrows, all, 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 uh, all, um, plus one to hit, is it? plus one to hit for all whites. Oh, right. So the White King and the Grave Guard and the Black Knights get a bonus, right? But it wouldn't do any good for your for orcs, else. you know. Yeah, right. So he's like, "Well, I don't need that banner," and that might actually prompt you to start taking banners that you know. I wouldn't normally take this, but I know nobody mm. can. It's not going to do anybody good if they steal mm. it. So. Hmm. That's that's the, now those are basically the the main the main rule, special rules special rules in the game which I think is a lot um, but this is what's really making me excited because there's all sorts of silliness that can can ensue from that hmm. you can capture that uh, the 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 Skaven banner that everybody hates storm banner yeah yeah take the storm banner or something like that I mean just get, you might get something really powerful or crazy. Uh, and, Interesting. Uh, and, you know, there's no there's no one playing dwarfs in the campaign, but could you see stealing a, one of them crazy dwarf banners that can be all ruined up? Well, that, yeah, I mean, any of the ex- really expensive banners. Would, I mean, because dwarfs be can really get some good. really crazy expensive mm-hmm. banners with runes giving you extra power dice and dispel dice mm-hmm. and things like that. Uh, just, I mean, that's that would be awesome. <laughs> You know? yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, so, it's, uh, this is uh, shaping up to be pretty fun. I, I, I like what you've started here. Okay, so um, you know, what? let's take a quick break, and we'll come back, and we'll go over the the turn and how how the campaign's going to work. Uh, so, yeah. I, I guess. Folks, it's Dave. Are you looking for that special model to add to your army? A monstrous creature or maybe a character model? Something unusual that not everybody else is fielding on their table? Well, then you should check out Mierce Miniatures at MierceMiniatures.com. Their Darklands line is full of some of the most fantastic creature models you'll ever see. And with the success of their recent Kickstarter, those models will be perfect for you to play in their forthcoming Darklands game. So whether you're looking for a new skirmish-level game to play with lots of cool monstrous creatures, or you're just looking for that extra special model to add to your existing games line, Mears Miniatures is really worth your time. Check them out at Mears-Miniatures.com. Dot com and seriously guys you'll be glad you did here we go all right so, here's how we're going to set it up. Um, now, the objective, like I said, is to be the first warlord to get 50 magical relics and draw the fastness to your capital. Um, I'm going to post all of this up on the on the on the forums under the, the show thread okay. because there's fluff behind it. Basically, 
this Fosric's flying fastness, it's this floating fortress that moves around the board. Mm-hmm. Um, it's super powerful. Everyone wants to capture it. Um, it's drawn to latent magical ability. So the wizards can't cast magic to draw it. But magical items, it seems to be floating towards just magical items that are places that have lots of them. So your, your, your wise men have told you that if you can gather 50 magical items in the same spot, that'll be enough to draw ah, it right I to see. you. So basically, once you is, get, is that part of the fluff? Is, is the fastness drawn to, towards magical items? And no, I no, just had to have. A, I had a way to get it. I, I couldn't see. think of anything. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I, I like it. So, um, and that triggers the end game, and the end game is the big final round of combat between the top four players in the campaign. Based on what? How many relics you manage to gather. Basically, the more on the ball you are, the more you know what's going on and the more you can try to capture it. So, Okay, so uh, we set up. uh, Everyone's going to pick a spot on the board. That's their fief, okay? Mm -hmm. And you get the spot you pick is your capital, and you lay your capital there, and you get all six tiles around it. Okay. okay, so you cannot place anywhere that won't allow you to get six tiles around yours. So that's you, that's going to determine how this map looks then. Yeah, well, I'm going to so make. I'm going to make. That's why it's two. It's going to be huge. Okay. That's why it's two sets of maps. Um, I am probably. It's probably a best bet thing to go. You can't go right on the edge of the board because obviously you can't mm-hmm. go six rounds, but one in from the edge of the board. Sure. And that also puts a natural border on the on the back of your. You know what I'm saying? No one can attack from that side. Right. Um, so you can't go... You Like, once I put down, you can't obviously put down right next to me because I own those mm-hmm. tiles around it, and you need that space to be able to have your, mm-hmm. your seven tiles. So you're starting off with seven tiles, okay? Um, and that's, that's your starting kingdom. Um, now, the turn... First thing you do is you move the fastness. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm running it, so I'll just roll... I'll, I'll roll for it. Mm-hmm. It, it moves D6 spaces. In which direction? Well, here's just what randomly? you do. First I roll. Let's say it's going to move six spaces. Then what you do is the top of the board is going to be the flat side. So basically it'll look, uh, you know, the hexagon tiles will have the flat side on the top and the bottom. And then the, you know, like if, so it'll be. Right. So the top, there'll be a northern side of the board. That's one, two, three, four, five, six. If I you see. go clockwise. Okay. So gotcha. if I roll up six, then every space I'll roll a D6 and see which side of that tile it exits from. Okay. So if I roll a two, it's going to go up and to the left. And the next one I roll a three, then it goes down to the left. Then I roll a six and it goes... You how, know, many, how many spaces does it move? D6. D6 spaces. Gotcha. So it may not okay. move much in a game at all. It may move six spaces. It's conceivable that I roll six spaces, and then when I roll the direction, it just keeps moving back and forth between the sure, two right, spaces. Right. There's no figuring out how this thing moves. But again, you're keeping in spirit with the D6 it, mechanic. Exactly. I like that. Everything works on a D6. Uh, then you roll for random events. I did not put them on the chart here. I basically took half of them from Blood in the Badlands and half of them from the Lustria campaign. Okay. Um, what are some examples of random events? Pick any one of your tiles and remove the flag. Deserters. Like, you know, so as you grab tiles, you can lose tiles. Mm-hmm. Um, a- assassin. Pick one of your heroes of legend and immediately roll on the character injury table. Hmm. So you could get an injury. Um, pick an enemy city and put your flag in it. Espionage. You just gain a free city and you're someone losing or, one? I'm not, I'm not a city. An empty tile. But basically oh, an, 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 an unimproved tile. Uh, forced march. Move one of your armies again. Hmm. So you get an extra movement. Um, 
bad intelligence. Move one of your enemy's armies this turn. Hmm. Uh, let's see what else is in here. Um, place a mine or or um, village anywhere on your map. So a free mo- a free place. Um, <laughs> hired dwarf foreman. You may reroll a single mine roll this turn. Hmm. So you get you know one of your mines you can reroll yeah. it because you got a dwarf that dwarf turn. expertise exactly sure. um, just I mean just lots of little random things let's see on your next game you can pick whether you deploy and start first or second okay you know pick an opponent they can't challenge you uh, force an enemy to reroll any roll he makes on the character injury table this turn hmm. so it just I mean just random stuff that's really going to mostly. Add a little flavor. For the rest of the turn, you count as having the smallest empire. Hmm. Or the least amount of relics, I mean. So then... But it's just basically stuff that's going to affect how your board looks. So you're going to roll for your random events, and then you're going to move your armies. And here's another one where they haven't decided yet. Okay? You roll for your movement. Okay? Before, remember, you just bought tiles. Movement really didn't matter. You Mm -hmm. were just challenging people at your borders or whatever. Um, Now you're actually moving your armies to claim the tiles. So you start off with your territory, and your armies move out, and once they move into unclaimed tiles, you can claim the tiles. Do you have to move and into it and stop? Oh, that's it costs two movement points. So I move into it for one. If I want to try and claim it, then I have to. I, then it costs two. Basically, if I rolled up, let's say uh, d six, I rolled a six for movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I could move into and claim three tiles. Okay. Because it's one point to move into it, one point to stay and pacify it. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Now, what I haven't decided is how much we should be moving. Obviously, the quicker we can move into territories and grab tiles, the the better. Mm -hmm. Uh, And basically, here's why: at uh, at the end, later on, you roll for excavation. You're looking for at the end of the turn after all the battles are done. You roll to see if you find any relics, and you roll a d6 for every tile you control. Unimproved tiles, it finds it on a six, and improvements can actually increase it. Um, like where mines, you find a you find a relic on a on a three plus. Mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking I was really thinking d six plus one for your movement, but then maybe two d six plus one for your general. You know, just that seems like a lot. I don't I don't know how big the map is, but it seems a like difference. a lot. But once again, remember every tile you move into, it's gonna if you want to try to actually take it over, it costs you two movement. True. So a D6 plus one, the most you can roll is a seven, which means you can move basically at most through three tiles and then move into another tile. You know, and when you're actually in your own territory and you're trying to move out, you know, so, well, you know, once you know the whole set of rules, this, that, why I, why I'm looking at this will become more clear. What's the, how do you determine the order of who rolls first? Is it basically who has the most relics? Yeah. Lowest relics goes first. Oh, lowest relics go first. Yes. Okay. Um, why did they get to go first? It's not really a bonus to go first because then you saw where they moved and you get to pick your you get you make a better decision in your based movement on what's happening based on sure. what they've done right. Um, then it gets a little trickier. Basically, if you move into your enemy's territory, um, it's then you actually have to because there's people living there. They may not so easily come over to you. Mm-hmm. So you do all your movement first. You move your... I'm going to move to this tile, to this tile, to this tile, to... Okay. Now you go back. If you're in your enemy's tiles, if it's unoccupied, you can pacify it and take it over, claim it as yours on a 2+. plus. If they've got... If it's next to a mine, 
like if they got a mine there, so you're in an oh, empty tile residential right. mine, it's a three plus because there's people there that might try to stop you. If you're actually on a tile that has a mine or next to a village tile, it's a four plus to capture it. And if you're in a village or a city or you're next to the enemy's capital, you can claim it on a five plus. Okay. You cannot claim the capital. You can't just move into it. It's a battle. If you move into an enemy's capital, then it's an uh, automatic battle. Okay? okay, it's a siege battle. You're playing a siege battle too for that. Oh, because okay. they're in their capital. Yep. It's a siege battle. Um, here's the other thing. Let's say I really don't want you to take my tile. You need a four plus to take a tile with uh, with a mine in it, and I don't want to give you my mine, right? So let's say you roll a six. Okay, here's three relics. That's minus three to your roll. You just only rolled a three. You don't get my tile. So I could actually. Hmm. But here's the thing. Then you. You're getting more relics. So if I really want to keep the tile, I can pay to say, oh, no, 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 no. We lost the relics, but we held the territory. So you get a bonus, mm. but you lose stuff. See, something like that would be conducive towards the face-to-face interaction, right? And that's why I want to keep it on uh, – I'll do it over Skype because your movements – because the board play is actually important here. It's right. not just I'm grabbing some tiles, look what happened. It's – there's actual interaction going on here. Hmm. So this is and this is where I'm gonna have to work out the logistics of how we do it. And then finally, like I said, you got the siege battle. Now if you move into an enemy if you move into a tile that an enemy's already in, that's automatic declaration of a battle. So okay. it's out of out of phase step there. Um the only the only uh difference in the rule is if you're a warlord and you want to move into a, a, a tile that has his, his lieutenant's army, mm-hmm. the smaller army, they can roll a die and try to evade you and get out of that tile. What are they trying to roll? That's uh, like a five up. Five up. Okay. I'm thinking the five up. If uh, if uh, if that seems too harsh, we could do it. But this way, yes, you can go after their smaller armies, but they have a chance to, right, to get, get away. away. Yep. Um, and uh, what else? Yeah, that's tactical avoidance. You can also fortify a place. If there's a place that you don't want them to take that's got an improvement on it, mm-hmm. you can say, my guys are moving here and they're staying here, they're fortifying, and as long as you claim that when you move there, then if someone moves into that tile to try to take it, it's a siege battle. Okay. So there's a lot of siege battles. Um, then we finally get to the declaration of battles, and I set up rules for that. Um, basically, if two armies are in the same tile, they're fighting. That's it. That's... The, um, if you have an enemy in your border, inside your borders, they've moved into your territory, mm-hmm. and you, it's your turn to you have to you have to declare against them. You have okay. to try to stop them. Um, if you have an enemy outside of your contiguous borders, maybe you moved through and didn't grab a couple tiles, but the last tile you got, so it's like a lone tile. Mm-hmm. That one you have to go after. And if no one qualifies for that, then you can challenge anybody. So basically, this is where the strategy comes in on the board because. If I want to fight you, I move into your territories. Okay. See what I'm saying? Right. Remember when we used to play Mighty Empires, the guys who might be in second or third place were having trouble challenging right. the guy in first place? Now, if he don't want to fight you, you just move into his territory. He has to fight right. you. Right. You force the issue. You force the issue. Assuming, of course, you can get there. Yeah. Okay. So you move in, and you, and you, can, and you can declare these battles. Then you fight the battles. Okay? Um, if, Like I said before, if you're by the fastness... It's a storm of magic battle. If you drew the line or it's in their uh, capital, it's a siege battle. 
And other than that, it's up to you guys. Keep it to one of the six scenarios out of the out of the rule book. But if you just say, I just want to play straight battling, cool. But if you say, hey, let's roll up and see just any of the six scenarios, that's totally... That's okay too. Yeah, I'm okay. cool with that. As long as you guys agree on what you want to play. Um, after the battles are done, you resolve the expeditions. Now, here's where it gets a little interesting. Um, where is... The, okay, this is the last page, right? Um, if you fought on two armies... Two armies cannot be in the same tile at the end of the turn. Okay? So you moved into my tile. We had a battle, right? Mm-hmm. Whoever loses has to roll to see how far they, they retreat. Um, if they roll a one or a two, they got routed, which means they go all the way back to their capital. Which also, you can start moving into players' tiles. If, he's, if, if this guy's getting too far out, you may want to move. Oh, God, this guy's doing really well. I want to challenge him. Stick him back in his capital where he's not taking more territory. So that can be routed. On a three or four, they move back three spaces. On a five or six, they move back two spaces towards their capital. So basically, they can't be in the same spot. They're going to back up, but if they roll really poorly, you can force them back to their capital, which will slow down their ability to grow their army or grow their to to grow their uh, empire, because every tile you get is worth another roll on the relics chart. So when an army um, loses a battle or retreats to a capital, okay. Is that army just whatever is left after that battle? No. I mean, you just you play. But basically, on the board, your token for that army, which was way out on the edge of the borders grabbing tiles, mm-hmm. now has to go all the way. It's like they're regrouping. They're, so, I see. So they'll be out of position for a little bit. Yeah. Okay. They have to, they're going to take their turn rolling dice trying to just to run back to the border. So you basically, you can slow down their growth by routing them and, mm-hmm. and getting them off. Um. And then uh, if the invading player wins, if I moved into your tile and I beat you and you had to run, uh, on a 2-plus I take the tile no matter what's on it. So before, remember, if I moved it, it was unoccupied. Mm-hmm. It might be hard to take it. If I beat you in a battle, I get it on a 2-plus. Okay. And then the final thing you do after that is you uh, add a, any experience points. This, this is the point where you roll for those all those experience things we mm-hmm. talked about. Um. And we're just about done. Okay, I know there's a lot here, and it's hard to take all in. But dude, I've been working on this for a week. I'm kind of proud of it. Then you got the building phase. Remember, in the old mighty empires, you would win, and you could build stuff by buying it with your sure. victory points. Here, if one of your armies, if one of your three armies stays inside your contiguous border of your of your your uh, your, 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 your territory, yeah. um, basically they can move all around in there. If they don't leave it. Then what they've been doing is sort of gathering up people to go and start a construction. So then you get to place a mine or a village or you can upgrade a village to a city. Okay. You only got one capital, so that's it. So basically it's just like before in Mighty Empires, except it, there, I didn't have anything with gold. So there's no way to buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. So basically if they don't go out, if they're not out conquering new lands, they're upgrading the Existing. current lands. The only rule, the only hitch in this is if you're in your land because you got routed, not moved back, but if you actually rolled route where you had to go back to your capital, then you have to roll uh, dice and on a, th- I don't know if I should make it a three up or a four up, but on that, then then they're, they they got they got their army back together quickly enough so that they can actually use the building. I'm figuring if you got routed, destroyed, and scattered to the four winds mm-hmm. and the general has to go back to the capital to get new troops, he probably doesn't have time to build an army. 
but you can roll a dice to I mean not build an arm, build a you know, build a expansion. Mm-hmm. So you can, but that one you might have to roll. Okay. Uh, after that, you roll for your excavations. Empty tiles, you get a relic on a six. Tiles with a village, get it on a five. Cities and ca- Your cities and your capital, they get a relic on a four plus. Mines produce on a three plus. But if you roll a six for your mines, mm-hmm. you get D3 relics. Interesting. Okay. So then at then, you get the end of turn fla- phase. You know, clean up, make sure every th- all the tiles are right, make sure all the flags are where they should be. And does anybody have 50 relics? If they have 50 relics, we go to the end game. Okay. Um, are you, is this, am I going to, I mean, is this making sense so far? It it, it does. I mean, it's like you said, it's a lot it's to take in. It's a lot in. to take in. I think I it'll know. make more sense. Once I read through it a couple times and actually go through and we play it, I think it'll clarify. And like I said, I definitely take it home and read it because if you read this later tomorrow morning and you're like, oh my God, this doesn't make any sense. This is crazy. Why would mm-hmm. we do this? I want to edit, you know, I want to mm-hmm. change that. Um, here's the end game. Okay. You got 50 relics. The fastness is coming to your capital. You get the fastness. You manage to hook onto it. You, you know, you know, shoot ropes up there. You grab it. The player with the second largest amount of relics realizes what's going on and heads over there and you fight a siege battle. Okay. Okay. You're fighting siege battle. Meanwhile, the players three and four, and the third and fourth place, they realize what's going on, but they're not getting there quick enough because the winds of magic are with the fastest moving the way it is. It's messing things up. So those two armies, on their way to stop the guy in first place, basically meet up at an impasse, and so they play a storm of magic game. Okay. Okay. Now the winner of the siege battle. And the winner of the Storm of Magic battle, they are going to fight the last battle to win. Now, what I did with this is, obviously, you want to get there quickly. You're not going to have time to completely reboost your army because you're trying to get to this thing. Mm-hmm. So, and uh, let me see how I explain this. I mean, I think it's clear. Let me. I'm just going to read it right off here, okay? Um, you must field all the surviving units from the previous battle exactly as they were listed on your roster. So any mo- any unit that's still on the board at the end of your 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 first game, mm-hmm. the winners have to those army they, they lived. Okay, guys, let's go. We got one last battle to fight. They go. You can replace the points that were dead or fled from the previous battle with other units, but you don't have enough time, so you only get half those back. Okay. So you're not going to be fighting at full strength. Okay? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that first battle, you want to win it, but you don't necessarily want to lose too much. If you win it, but you lose your whole army to win it, you know, practically, except for one unit. You know, if if you basically if you lose a thousand points in that game, you can only you take what you have that lived and you could field and you could add five hundred to it only. Because you only have time to get back half of what you lost. Mm-hmm. So the last battle, you're each going to be fighting at less than full strength. But you really need to... But the, the better you do in the first fight, the more prepared you are for the second fight. Okay. And then that final battle, basically, it's another siege battle, and whoever wins that wins the whole game. Have you ever played a siege game? Um, I've played one. I think siege games are decidedly in the defender's fa- uh, favor, aren't they? They kind of are. That's yeah. But if you're in first place, 
You know, yeah. You know? I mean, you you fifty fifty tiles should win it for you. Um, mm-hmm. If it doesn't, then this battle, yeah, you, you're getting yeah, you're getting the bonus, the the sieges and the defenders. We'll look at that and we'll um, um, you know, we, we can make adjustments for that. Okay. Um, obviously, we want to make that fair, but yeah, the 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 siege battle is in the defenders' favor, but we're going to try to make it so it's not completely lopsided. Yeah, it's okay. not going to be completely lopsided. Um. You know what, as we're playing siege battles, if we play any siege battles during the game, if we realize that siege battles are completely one-sided, that's something we can change to say it's a straight battle, too. Okay. You know? Yeah, like a battle line or something, mm-hmm. right? But I want, but I, I, basically that end game, I want it to be something exciting. You're mm-hmm. fighting over this thing, with, and it's there at the very end. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe they're Storm of Magic battles because the magic is going wild. Maybe they're just big Storm of Magic battles. I don't know. But that's basically, that's my campaign in a nutshell. Okay. <laughs> any, it's, it's a, it's a lot thoughts? to take in. I mean, you, I can tell you put a lot of thought and research into writing this, and uh, I, I, I like what I see. But honestly, I don't know until we go through it and actually play. Yeah, I, I think there. Are, I, I fear there will be something in here that we didn't catch. <laughs> you know what I mean? That will be yes. like a loophole that will cause it to be out of balance all of a sudden. Yeah, but it's hard to. Well, spot and, that now and, if, at this and point. if they do, I think that we're all, you know, I don't, this isn't going to be set. I don't want to sit around and say, oh, well, we, these are the rules. It's throwing the game mm. completely out of balance, but we're just going to have to play it that way. If everybody says, hey, this is out of balance, then it's out of balance. Then we make adjustments. Mm-hmm. But that's my campaign in a nutshell. And I hope the listeners weren't, I, I mean, I know I was just sort of rambling here, running through rule after rule after rule. These will be posted on the on the forums. So, as a, a word doc, so people could. Edit I'll have this it. I'll have it. Need. I'll have it there, but I'll also have the word. I try to get a. I'll have a word doc up okay. there too. So. All right. Cool. <sighs> nice <Wow>. work. <laughs> it took me quite a while, but I think it's pretty. You know, I mean, obviously, there's still some questions that I don't know the answer to mm-hmm. because I'm not certain if it would be completely. You know, it would be completely. I don't know. It may be completely out of balance. It may not be. I don't know. So we'll figure it out. But, yeah. Well, uh, it's uh, it's, it's going to be fun to play. I'm looking I forward so. to it. Well, you know what? Let's uh, let's let's uh, let's throw the last break and wrap this up. Okay. guys if you're the type of person who would rather have oral surgery than put a brush to a model then let me suggest guild painting services they're a professional painting service that pride themselves on having customer interaction like going to a local commission painter but having the quality and speed of a large studio they build paint and convert miniatures for all game systems they're competitively priced and if you want to talk quality go to guildpainting.com And check out the quality of the miniatures that they've got on display. If you're a person who likes to have a beautifully painted army on the table, but doesn't have either the time, desire, or ability to bring it to that standard, you can trust your models to the guys at Guild Painting Services at guildpainting.com. You'll be glad you checked them out.
And we're back. We are. We're here. We're done. That's 78. <laughs> 78 up. in the can. Yo. <laughs> That's right. But um, Which? <laughs> <laughs> okay, folks. Um, I hope you've liked this. We are definitely going to revisit this. Um, at, well, we're going to be doing Lizard Men probably for the next couple of episodes. Mm. But we will revisit this when we're done with the Lizard Men um, with any adjustments or things like that. We'll have all the players. We'll have the armies. We'll have the generals and their signature items known at that point. Do you have a starting date in mind for this? Um, yeah, probably about a month yeah, from now that's after the Lizard Men yeah. review. Okay. Yeah. I mean, well, we can start this before. I mean, obviously, we can start it before we're done with the Lizard Men sure. review. We can start playing it and get catch people up. But I'm just I'm just really excited about this. I mean, this seriously, this is going to become a regular. Up, we're going to have regular updates after every mm-hmm. turn on the show, with the story and how mm-hmm. things are going, the craziness that's uh, bound to ensue. My biggest concern is I don't want because of the, the the way with the relics. That's why I want you to be able to expand so quickly, so you get a lot of dice, so you can get mm-hmm. a lot of relics quickly. Mm-hmm. Because fifty is a lot. And I don't want the game to take twenty turns because no one's going to play it through. I don't want the that's game. That's my fear too. If it if it lasts too long, people lose interest or right. They feel they're out of it. If they feel they're out of it, no. um, well, I'm hoping because it's. I mean, we're we're getting together to pl- honestly look at. If you look at this, we're getting together to play some fun, funky games of Warhammer. We are, but th- those other campaigns were six turns and it was done. Right. These, since there's no like hard ending. Right. You know, it could it could go on for quite a while. If someone is losing and they lose interest and decide they don't want to play anymore. Right. And that's my concern. Well, and that's where that's where the big adjustments need to come in. Mm. Do you do you increase their movement so you can take more tiles? Do you just lower you know, is 30 relics enough? Maybe we make mm. it 30 relics is enough and if we realize the game's going to be done in th- if, you know, you, then you extend it then yeah. at that point. Yeah, that's probably but, a good idea. Let's say let's say you know maybe the game you know it's we're, we're going to have the campaign last 6 turns. Or, or thirty relics, or thirty relics, whichever comes first. Yeah, well, mm, yeah, but th- what if if, thir- if you get thirty relics in three turns? We want the game to be over in three turns. I mean, well, then you have to increase the number of relics then. Right. Well, you know, let's do that then. We'll play at six. We'll see. But my only concern with setting a, a set end of saying six turns mm-hmm. is that. At the end, you just start doing a grab because you're just trying to get everything you can. You know what I'm saying? It, it, tra- it changes the yes, strategy. Yes and no. It depends on like the how the map is situated. Yeah, but I guess, you, but I think you you it, to have a, a finished end, an end point. Mm-hmm. Well, then you want to do whichever comes last. This campaign will go no, you know, will go no longer than eight rounds tops. If you can't get it, or six rounds tops, sure. it, could, it could end quicker. Yeah, I no. think there's, I think we yeah I think we should definitely set a cap, but not a minimum. You see what I'm saying? It makes you know what I'm. Oh, I see. If no one's won by eight turns, then whoever has the most, wins. right? Yeah, because if you know, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, that would work. Either way, it's it's the same result. So then we just got to decide how many rounds we want to max this out at. Since right. it's our first going, I think six rounds should probably be the max. Okay. And and how much time between rounds? A couple of weeks. We're gonna. It's gonna have to be because you're gonna have three games to get in. Three games. Well, that's yeah. a lot. And that's why maybe that's three games in two weeks. Well, that's why I, I didn't. I don't know that we need to set. I, I don't know how we're gonna set a time limit per per turn. That's my big concern. With three armies, you're gonna get. You're gonna have three games to play. 
maybe I should make it a lot easier to get relics. So maybe the game, we're going to have three games per round, but we might only pay a maximum of six rounds. Uh, you, you could do that. I, I realize it'd be three games per round. Well, because that's... your warlord's going to play, and then your two oh, yeah, smaller I understand. battles. I, yeah, I understand that. But that's guaranteed that, that all three armies are going to fight every round? Sometimes they won't. Why wouldn't they? Everybody's got to declare. I would, I mean, unless, unless we're only going to declare one battle. Hmm. You know what? Maybe we need to look at that. Maybe I need to really scrap that whole idea and have those two subordinate armies be... I think it is worth re-examining. Alex, I can tell you right off the bat, we'll probably not have the time to do three games in two weeks. Well, and that's what I'm saying. I don't think I don't think one turn would be two weeks. I think a turn would be a lot longer. I think this would be a longer campaign. Like a month? Probably. So then it's a six, it's, we're talking a six-month campaign then, at least. Yep. Wow. Well, I mean, but you're still, I mean, it's, we're still just getting in games. You know, that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? That's, wow. I'm, gl- I'm glad we're discussing this right, right before right, we end right. the show. <laughs> let's, let's, let's revisit that before we finalize. Do we want to, and we should talk, oh, I, and I, I'll send this email. I'll, I'll get this, I'll finish typing this up and I'll send it out to everybody mm-hmm. and see what they think. Cause maybe someone isn't interested in playing these, you know, I would want to play two smaller games. Mm-hmm. But then if the general attacks your... Oh, that might be interesting, because if you move into a spot with a lieutenant, then you're declaring it, but his general has to come do that fight. Mm-hmm. That might work That might work just as well. All right, well, let, you know what? Let's look at that later. Okay, because okay, we got to wrap up. we yeah, we yeah, got to go yeah. home. Yeah. All right, so, folks, um, <laughs> I hope this is remotely interesting to you. Um, if you have... We're going to post this, and... Okay, I am totally welcoming suggestions. Um, I I would I would prefer if we just start throwing them up on the forums because I always want to have sure. people on the forums. Right. I like to have traffic on the forums. I've noticed that the bigger the Twitter the Twitter stuff gets a, the ten, people. I've noticed people who are on the forums when they start doing more on Twitter start to put less on the forums. It seems like almost right. Yeah, and yep. I wa- and I like I, I like that our forums are still pretty active. So if you go and look at the campaign and you read the rules and you have any suggestions. I would ask first that you, if you're a member of the forums or if you're considering it, please post it up on the on the show thread for this for this episode. For this episode, if uh, if you just want to send me an email too, that's totally cool. Um, send us all an email. That's beautiful. But um, so, uh, wow, this does have still. <laughs> I thought I was almost done. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a huge undertaking. What you're. Uh you know, writing a whole new campaign system, that's a lot. It is. That's it a is. a lot of work. But I'm, I'm enjoying it, so what can I say? All right, so that's it, folks. Um, leave us leave us an iTunes review. Uh, send it, Leave us a voicemail, whatever. But do something. Be a part of our community. Sign up on the forum if you haven't already. Yeah. Uh, download these rules and try them out. Yeah. Let us know how download they rules, Let us know what you think. So uh, that's it. See you in a couple of weeks. Two weeks for some lizard action. Some lizard action. All right. You've been listening to Garage Hammer. If you like the show, we invite you to join the Garage Hammer community by joining our forums at garagehammer.net slash forum or our Facebook page, Garage Hammer Podcast. You can also follow us on Twitter. Follow David at Garage Hammer and follow Chris at Topher Chris U. If you'd like to contact us, you can reach David through David at garagehammer.net. You can reach me, that's Chris, through Chris U at GarageHammer.net. And you can reach both of us through GarageHammer at Live.com. If you want to help support GarageHammer, check the support page or the show store on our website, or leave us a positive review on iTunes. Until next time, thanks for listening.